special guest, old China Han, real China fucker, Jamie Vincent. How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Okay. Can you tell us a bit about yourself? Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you, you introduced me. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm Jamie, Jamie V. Um, uh, people probably know me on WeChat. Um, uh, I've been associated with a lot of different personas. Um, so if it, you have you have a WeChat following too, don't you? I wouldn't call it a following, but people know. No, me on WeChat. okay. People watch it on WeChat. P- people know me. People recognize me on WeChat. Some people hate yeah, me. Yeah, I recognize some people you love from me. WeChat. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. a hit. It's I'm a polarizing character, I think, on WeChat. Yeah, you are. Um, so uh, I'm not going to confirm or deny who I was on WeChat, but uh, who I am on Twitter is uh, my pseudonym. Is a pseudonym I wrote with on. I used to leave, I used to drop political comments on uh, on uh, you know like the the WeChat official accounts, mm-hmm. yeah, the news feeds. That's like that's kind of how I got started on, on on Harry Chen. That was my that was my pseudonym, and um, you know when when the, when I was on Twitter, I started in in two thousand and eighteen, and that's when I first got into Western social media, and. Uh, from there, I mean, like what happened was uh, I was I was a I was a non-active account, uh, non-starter, and it was just just footage from China. And um, you know, there's a, I was I was actually posting a lot of a lot of really big stuff, but nobody cared. So and then and then what happened was uh, like the uh, virus the virus came and um, you know everybody shat their pants and uh, they were just like, hey, check this guy out. He's got all these videos from China. And it came down to a good friend of mine, an online friend of mine, um, you know, because a lot of expats from China, uh, specifically China, in contrast to other countries, uh, are very like, you know, recluse or keep to themselves and this sort of thing. So um, a good friend of mine from China, uh, he was telling me, you know, you should change your you should change your display picture away from this is China to uh, to Harry Chen, who you one of your pseudonyms. And, uh, and I said, oh, that was great. And that actually the picture uh, of Harry Chen is a good friend of mine. And uh, the, it's a hand-drawn picture. It's a composite of three people. Okay, so are you a Chinese doctor? No, I'm not a Chinese doctor, no. And um, I am, uh, how do you say, like, I'm I'm very active about about telling people the, the BS behind a lot of traditional Chinese medicine as well. Okay. So I'm going to go, I told you I'd do this beforehand, but I'm going to do the yeah, yeah. the generic yeah. taxi cab question in China. This is Nagawa's yada. Yeah, I love this one. This is Nagawa's Where are you from? Uh, I love it. I always tell them I'm from Canada. Taxi drivers are the best. And they, they always go off and they always talk about this doctor I've never heard of and no Canadian's ever heard of. Um, Dashan. Or, is it Dashan? Dashan. Yeah, yeah. So. That's the, the famous Canadian Chinese speaker. Uh, oh, okay. No, wait. I'm thinking of another guy. Uh, anyways, there's some 
there's some Canadian doctor that that went to China, and um, he, I know uh, who you're talking guess, about. Yeah, yeah, I, I never heard about him, and uh, yeah. So, anyways, let me just tilt this. I like lean forward when I tell stories and stuff. Um, yeah, and uh, they'd always go off about this doctor and how great he was. But if you if you Google him, he actually really wasn't that great. Um, it's kind of a shady history, really. He sounds like a lot of expats in China. Yeah, yeah, uh, but not me. Hey, um, uh, I, I do have to say, when you introduced me as uh, as China fucker, one, when we spoke beforehand, you told me I couldn't use foul language, and there you are, right off the bat. And and no, and I said two, you can't use the the N word. Oh, why would I use that word? Or the CH, you know what word? Uh, well, oh I just don't gosh. want any like I don't want any racial hate on this show. Or my goodness, no. But no, you can use. Got, yeah, this is TVMA. You can use yeah, foul language. No, I. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not. You know, my wife is Chinese, right? So I knew that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, and and I really like, I really like China, and I really like Chinese people as well, right? So there's, there's, there's no real hatred. And actually, with this whole virus going around, I'm, I'm really excited to get back over once, when everything calms down on on this end here in Canada, once because that's where I am. Once everything calms down here, I'd like to get back over overseas. You know, I got friends and family over there, right? I lived there for 20 years, man, almost 20 years. Yeah. And what brought you over there in the first place? Yeah. Um, I was a young man, uh, you know, like in, in uh, the, the early 2000s, uh, what happened was the North American economy just like, shat its pants. And uh, if you, I don't know, you, maybe you don't remember, because you, you would be too young. But um, to really, well, maybe you would, I don't know. But a lot of people here in North America had had like a mortgage and uh, like my brother, he'd recently got married and he bought a house and uh, the real estate market just kind of crashed and the economy sort of crashed. And um, that's actually kind of what led me to uh, researching China, because back in those days, China was like a non-starter. Um, I mean, it was an up and comer, but it was really rough around the edges. And uh, basically what happened was a lot of a lot of our primary industries in North America were selling our, our manufacturing equipment over to Asians, uh, Asian countries. And, uh, you know, they were they were able to undercut um, uh, with, with cheaper labor costs. And and I was an I was an engineer here in, in Canada and I used to program computers on uh, ABB robotic arms and CMM machines and CNN machines. And, and I, I came over I came over here to uh, to China. I started working at Foxconn, which is a big one. Mm. And um, yeah, that's, that's what it was. I, I looked at a couple countries, honestly. I looked at England and and Australia, and they they kind of had pretty secure industries. And and it just I, I landed on China. It was the coldest winter in Canada in like thirty years, <laughs> and I just said, "Piss on it, I'm gone." What year was that when you came over? Oh my gosh, a two thousand. The, the cold winter was two thousand and uh, two thousand, and and then uh, two thousand and one. I made the I made the move. And uh, okay. I started off in I started off in Hong Kong, and then and then I made the Shenzhen in, in uh, 2002. So I was in high school then, and I I did I was in Japan actually in high school, and yeah. I did visit China in 2001. So I know what it was like back then, kind of vaguely, you know. Yeah. And I finally That's moved different. over there in, in 2008. So you've seen a lot more than I have, a lot more of the change, and curious to know like mm. what yeah. what what was it like back then in the early 2000s? Oh, it was different. I mean, it was a, a lot of us that were around back then. I mean, there wasn't a lot of us. If you saw, if you saw another like foreigner on the sidewalk, it was like really awkward, and and people would like. I saw this one cowboy with a cowboy hat, like a, a straight up cowboy hat, 
in in Shenzhen, which is a city of like 15 million people. And he's like, you know, um, what do you call it? Moseying. He was moseying down the sidewalk in his hat. And he said howdy to me. And I was just like, wow. So he wasn't on a horse. Uh, no, 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 no. But uh, just crazy, man. Um, so back in those days, if you if you met somebody, you're just like, what's up? And um, you would start talking. And uh, I mean, like, not in a weird way, in a real cool, cordial way. And um, and, and I think back in those days. Uh, oh, wait, do you remember this video that and it's been shared on WeChat countless times? And it's this guy. And uh, he's got a garbage can, one of those flip lid garbage cans, and he's like using his magic to lift it up, and he's really just stepping on the, stepping on the thing. <laughs> and it says, it says you can be anything if you're white in China. And back in those days, that was true. Um, you know, a lot of these guys were clowns, and they were they were getting fantastic jobs at fantastic companies just because these companies just wanted to have a white dude working there. Um, and they they would have arbitrary duties and things to make them feel special. But um, yeah, some of these guys climbed, really climbed up just because they were there at the right time. Wow. And then if you look at China now, like, how would you describe it to somebody who's never been? I mean, it's, ah, oh, man, China's a huge country. So, uh, listen, you could, you could go to, you could go to Shenzhen and you could go to Shanghai or, or Beijing and you could be like, whoa, this place is off the hook. It's, and it is, and it's like nothing you've ever seen. And, uh, the, the buildings, the tech, the initiative that the government, the amount of money that the government throws at it and the manpower and, um, the things they do and it's pretty incredible but man you take a car 30 minutes out of the city and i'll tell you what it's a lot different how so well i mean you've been to china man i mean it's it's well it's just it for be... the audience this is for the, this is yeah, for me, yeah. For the audience right yeah sorry man it's uh, it could be a dump can it um i went to this one uh you know you know like i've been all over guangdong province like all over guangdong province these cities that people have never heard of and and uh, you know towns that have never seen a white guy and um you know i can speak a little bit of chinese here and there and um i would talk to these guys and and uh and they would just be they would have their minds blown but they would be doing wild stuff while they're talking to me like you know they've never seen a foreigner and you know i like to run and uh i might be going out for a run in these areas or something like that and this is before i go fat and uh, they would, uh, they would, you know, they would ask me like, hey, you know, what are you doing? What's up? And you start a conversation. The kid would run out of the house. All the batteries are used up. And you just like toss them into a pond that they fish out of. And uh, I was just like, man, what are you doing? That will kill you straight up. Um, <laughs> it's not because they want to. It's because they, they just don't know. Like they, they literally don't know. The education system in a lot of ways has failed, has failed a lot of the people. Um, I, don't, I don't want to speak too badly about about china we spoke about this ahead of time and you you know i really like china and there's things i like about china and there's things i i can't stand about china and uh the primary reason that i left china is because i have zero faith in the education system there personal personally my personal stance okay and uh i guess the thing i would say about the countryside in china is there's a lot of rubble there's this yeah, rubble everywhere. everywhere hey yeah i made a comment about this online and you and you like you you chimed in you're like yeah man rubble I've been, yeah, I was dying. I've been waiting for years for somebody to also observe the rubble. Finally, yeah. Somebody did. yeah. Well, wait, well, was, it, was it a post that you made and I chimed in? What, which one was it? One of the, one of the other. I don't know. I, I, I try to talk about rubble as much as possible. Yeah, there's rubble everywhere. And dogs. <laughs> dogs, yeah. I used to live in Taiwan um, in the 90s, and it was, it was a lot different there else. back then. I was a kid, yeah, and I, there was just 
dogs everywhere, all over the streets, yeah. garbage everywhere. I've, I've been, uh, I've, I've, I've been a, a whole bunch of times um, over to over to Taiwan. Actually, it was funny. One of my neighbors that just moved in, they're from Taiwan. Um, I had no idea. I was just walking. I have a pup, so I was walking my dog and just training my dog and and. Um, and for whatever reason, they thought my dog was really cute. So they asked me a question and, and they're like, look at their bone structure, like their face. And I was like, are you guys Chinese? And uh, they're just like, yeah. And I was like, boom, let's do it. And uh, we started speaking, you know, Sprock in Chinese every here, everywhere. And then I was just like, oh, cool. So, we're, so immediately, just like you, I was like, where are you guys from? And there's like Taiwan. I'm just like, oh, man, so sorry. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> could you, immediately, they're just like, they must get that all the time. Are you guys Chinese? right and uh meanwhile they they are art you know yeah ethnically it's, Chinese. It's, it, it's a good thing it wasn't we weren't texting each other because oh and we chat especially but the spoken language is almost the same taiwan's awesome yeah for sure so you spent a lot of time in shenzhen and how would you compare shenzhen to other cities in china yeah um, Shenzhen's a cash cow uh, for for modern China. I mean, you're aware of made in made in China 2025, yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you explain and, that? Uh, yeah, well, made made in China audience. 2025 is an is an initiative that the uh, Communist Party of China has to uh, dominate several industries and world worldwide. And uh, I mean, China was making this is this is the funny thing, right? So, China was making excellent progress on made in China 2025. And this is pre-virus. They're making excellent progress. And then the virus hit. And I remember saying to people, um, and how wrong I was, I remember saying to people, this is it. This is going to be the moment where uh, where everything catches up to them, where people are going to look in and, and, and see. And um, it's kind of a fearful moment for me because, um, you know, I'm a little bit apprehensive as to what, what will follow there because it's... Um, it's really being held together by the party, right? Um, so, you know, the virus really hit, and I thought people were going to be looking into everything. And um, can you hear that squeaking? Yeah. My dog's got my dog's got a toy back <laughs> it's all, here. It's all good. Um, so, yeah, and I thought people were going to be looking into it, and um, and that didn't really happen. You know, so anyways, uh, to make a long story short, you know, Shenzhen's a big cash cow made in China 2025. It's right back on track. A lot of people think that maybe China's slowing down. That's not the case. I remember I saw a, a map um, just the other day. Somebody sent this to me and it was an economic display. It was Forbes or something. And it showed what countries are in, are in economic recession right now. Uh, now you're in the States, right? You're in mm-hmm. Texas or something? Yep, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, like America's in recession, Canada's in recession, the UK's in recession, most of Europe's in recession, uh, most African countries, uh, Australia, a lot of Asian countries. You know who's not in recession, though, is China. Yep. They're, they're, they're really killing it. I mean, like, sure, uh, a lot of people say, yeah, but they're fudging the numbers and like, you know, they have this fake economy and all this stuff. But I'll tell you what, man, a lot of people are dumping their money in that fake economy, which really validates it. Um, so, you know, made in China 2025, I think it's, um, uh, med- medical, uh, medical is, is one of them, uh, they're going to be, um, uh, trying to dominate for, uh, I could, I could pull up the list ex- exactly. This is something I used to, I used to be really big into about two years ago. It's like made in China 2025, they're coming, they're coming. Right. Um, and, uh, then the virus hit. I thought no way. And now I'm thinking way. 
Yeah, they got that definitely. rebound. Yeah, and 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 also the um, the what is it? The new Silk Road. What's that called again? The Belt and Road Initiative. One Belt, One Road. One Belt, One Road. Yeah. Sorry, go on. Yidailu. I was just saying. The yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yidailu. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, when people start talking to me about this uh, One Belt, One Road, and I would love to tweet about this more often, but it gets no play, and, and nobody really, really cares about it. But this is this is a really big one because this is. Um, I always go on about it at home. My kids and my wife roll their eyes and stuff, and here he goes again. But it's it's a big one because this is this is the big one that's actually going to undermine uh, undermine Western cultures, uh, economies. Um, so like you know European economies, um, uh, British economy now. So separate from the Europeans, uh, the Aussies will get undermined for sure, and uh, certainly the North American economies. So it, it gives like um, one one thing that's unique about North America is there's uh, there's like a there's like a road basically you could drive a truck from from south the southernmost point to the northernmost point almost you know so it gives us the ability to buy say bananas year-round at a reasonable cost or oranges for example or like these sorts of these sorts of products like commerce can remain open uh year-round and uh, we can enjoy the good life so to speak and, and i think china wants a wants a piece of that and the americans call it the rise of the others and uh what that is is nations that you know, say 20, 30 years ago, they were considered to be poor now are now rising up and and, and be having a lot of money. And I mean, look at China's got a world bank now, right? Like, just like the Americans. And they can start lending money out to uh, to other countries. And it doesn't matter if it's not a hard currency, if, if other people recognize it, right? So uh, the One Belt Run Road is, is, a, is a big one. And, and people are saying that China's running out of money and uh, they, not when they control the printing press, they're not. Yeah, and there's a lot of skepticism towards the GDP, as you said, but also towards yes, One Belt, yeah. One Road. Why Why is there all that skepticism towards both the GDP and the One Belt, One Road? Well, um, I was just watching a financial report, um, pardon me, just the other day. And, um, well, it was it was kind of like it was, it was kind of like an audit, uh, a report from auditors and, and a good friend of mine sent it to me. And um, it was a real good watch. Uh, I can post. Uh, I can post you a link if you want to link it to this conversation uh, afterwards. Cool. Um, it, yeah, but it went down to um, you know auditing and, and how the books are, uh, how there's a lot of discrepancies inside the books. Uh, it was a really cool watch, man. Um, but you know, we've all we've all known that. Uh, I mean, you've been there. I've been there. We all know that there's this hyperinflated economy. And um, I mean, the growth is just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, you know, you, you could have you could have 30, 40 percent inflation in a year. That's absolutely ridiculous. And in, in, in Shenzhen, um, you know, where, where I was, I had I had a house in Shenzhen. So, you know, I had I had a, I formerly owned a business in Shenzhen and, and I, uh, I, I used to invest into uh, real estate and, and to the Chinese stock market as well and stuff. And, um, we could we, we bought our house years ago and we are paying this crazy mortgage and kids say today in Shenzhen that you need uh, you know just two father-in-laws two mother-in-laws and two fathers and two mothers just to buy a, just to buy a house and that's that's it it sounds ridiculous in in, in English mind you but that's, that's what they say that's most what the Chinese, kids are saying these days most Chinese sounds ridiculous when you directly mm. translate it mm. and you know I'm not a fan of um, 
of Cantonese. You you know I'm I'm quite a big active poster and um saying I, I just I just like Cantonese. What's wrong it's, with it's Cantonese? My, it sounds so entertaining, I could say. Yeah, yeah. It's it's my it's my least favorite. It's my least favorite to speak. Um but uh sometimes sometimes we do it. Here in Canada there's more I don't know. There's more there's more Mandarin speakers. So if we're near Mandarin speakers and we're near Caucasians and we still want to have our secrets and we speak Cantonese. Oh. So I've been to Shenzhen a number of times. I used to work with a awesome. lot of big Chinese tech companies. I used to do marketing for them. So like nice. TCL, Vivo. Nice. Uh, yep. So I've, I've done, yeah, I've done a lot of business trips down there. Spent a lot of time there. Noticed, you know, a lot of the people in that city, they're not from Guangdong province. They're from No, no, China. but that's, that's, not, that's not the way it used to be. Um, Right. So when I first came there, it, that was very different. Uh, everybody was sick uh, going, you know, Guangdong everywhere. Um, but uh, that's not the case anymore. Uh, everywhere is Putong. Um, Have you seen the movie Kung Fu Hustle? Yeah. 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 Do you, do you know that part in the movie where the axe gang uh, comes out into the street and they, they say like Putong He's like Guangdong They fight like. Yeah. I, I just spit there for a little bit. I got really excited. But um. <laughs> That's that's a funny part in the movie, and 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 uh, what that shows is like um, China. China's coming. So when do you think that change happened? When did Shenzhen kind of become? I don't know. It's it's almost like the American melting pot, but China's little melting pot in the south. You know, it's all these different yeah, people from all over. Yeah, it yeah. is. It is, man. And we used to have. Let me just tilt this a bit. There we go. So I can get a little more comfortable. <laughs> Um, it is the melting pot. It's just, uh, listen, I mean, Chinese, Chinese people follow, follow money. And you know that, and I know that. Maybe your listeners don't know that, but they should get into that right now. If, if you know, like if you're, if you're watching real estate, if you're watching stocks, if you're invested into Bitcoin, uh, you should be watching what the Chinese are doing. I, I don't touch Bitcoin, mind you. Um, you're missing uh, out. Yeah, you know, but there's a lot. There's a lot of people making money off of it, and there's a lot of people in China making money off of it. Who mined all those bitcoins, mind you? I'm making money off of it. Yeah. Hey, good on you, mate. Good <laughs> on you. So Shenzhen, but yeah, you know, you, you kind of went sorry, on a big on. tangent there, talking about China as a whole, one belt, one road. But back to Shenzhen. Sorry, man. Back to Shenzhen, though. Like, what? What is Shenzhen? What can you like? Shenzhen is a special for... economic zone. Okay. Right. So what happened was the story of Shenzhen, and there's several special economic zones in, in China. And the story behind them is Deng Xiaoping, and he's one of my favorite um, uh, chairmen in, in, in China. So Chairman Deng. Um, and you can, you can Google him. He's, he's, I might get in trouble for this, but he's one of my favorites because his wife looks like a troll. And um, also, he gave a really inspirational speech at the uh, UN. Um, you, can, you can check that out, too. And his uh, philosophy on hiding your strengths, uh, I think a lot of people should check and look into that because that's, that's an active strategy the Chinese government uses today. Um, but to get back on that, uh, Deng, who um, succeeded Mao, uh, he went to, or superseded, super, sorry, he went to Singapore, I believe. And when he came to Singapore, he was under the impression, now of course he knew, but this is how the story goes. He thought that China had the greatest GDP. Now, this is how the story goes. Now, it's baloney because any party member travels the world. 
Um, and he went to Singapore and he saw Chinese people in Singapore wearing suits and driving cars and, and making commerce. And he came back to China and he built these like nine or 11 cities. I forget the number offhand, but somewhere around there, all around the coastal region of, of, of China. And that wasn't because they were shipping ports. Uh, actually, the vast majority of them never even lifted off in the shipping industry. That's because it was symbolic to be f the furthest point away from Beijing, so new thinking. And um, it was under the uh, 2001 um, address for the World Trade Organization that really tickled my interest about Shenzhen. I thought the Chinese government was gonna honor their agreement and make the currency a hard currency. And I thought Shenzhen was gonna explode, and it did. Shenzhen did explode and Chinese people follow the money and that's why there's so many people there and that's why Shenzhen's in the news right now and it, it, it grew so big the Americas became worried and uh, they fought a trade war uh, just two blocks over from my house. Mm. And you, what kind of stuff were you involved in over there for the most part? Um, I used to own, uh, I'm best known on WeChat for um, owning a school and uh, the school uh, had a few locations in the city and uh, we hired uh, foreign teachers and we also taught mathematics and uh, Chinese calligraphy and uh, it was a training center and uh, that's, that's pretty, that's, that's how I got started. Um, when I, uh, when I, I was in engineering. I really hated it. And I, and I remember I called home and I said, uh, I just hated it so much. And I wanted to go to university and I wanted to learn the language. And, um, cause I couldn't understand what anybody was bloody saying. And the Chinese government said they wanted technicians and they invited everybody down. So, um, yeah, you know, I, 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 le I learned the language and then I really started falling in love with it. And, and that, that was it. I, I, and then I didn't want to leave. Like in uh, 2017, when, when they changed, when the, when, when the scout, skies were becoming gray and, and uh, Xi Jinping had his uh, reforms for the two sessions, during the two sessions, I just, the writing was on the wall and get out. Was that like going to be a problem for foreigners to be running schools? Like why? Absolutely. What was it that absolutely. Made you Ab absolutely. I, I, I shut down. I shut down that business. I actually ran a consortium of businesses in inside that business row. And uh, we all worked together and I, I formed it, which was it's kind of illegal in China um, because you're you're meeting and exchanging ideas. But I felt it was in our best interest and everybody's cool with it. Right. They're like, as long as everybody's winning, nobody's going to you know, as long as we're all working together and everybody's, everybody's working together. And this is a Hong Kong, it's a Hong Kong business strategy, right? So um, anyway, so I started this consortium and uh, we were all doing really well. And then in 2017, um, I just thought, you know, this is the writings on the wall and good thing I did, you know, if the virus didn't hit, I, I probably could have survived, but I would have had to move to online teaching eventually. I would have had to hire online teachers and I would have had to outsource to and pay for servers and stuff like that. That's just the, that's just the way of the industry in China. Um, the rent was too high. I was paying, you know, 30,000 uh, for one location a, a month, you know, it was ridiculous. And uh, then you have staffing on top of that and your overhead. It was absolutely ridiculous. And it, this is the problem with Shenzhen. It's so bloody expensive. They bleed you dry at every, well, you were, you were based in Shanghai, right? Yeah, for eight years, or sorry, yeah, eight years, and then I was four years in Nanchang, Jiangxi. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So uh, Jiangxi was way cheaper than Shanghai. Oh, Jiang, right? Jiangxi, 
We're talking oh, Jack about Jiangsu, <laughs> not Jiangsu. <laughs> Sorry, man. Yeah. Much cheaper uh, than Jiangsu, like, even. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, sir. But um, if if I didn't leave China, we would have moved deeper into the mainland. Hundred percent. One hundred percent. Would you have gone to Henan Province? No, no, I would have stayed in. I would have stayed in Guangdong. Guangdong represented. I would. I would have gone to uh, a smaller up-and-coming city in Guangdong. I would have gone to either uh, Huizhou, or I would have gone to Bolo. And they're both in uh, Guangdong province. They have a new highway linking those cities up. Big manufacturing is moving out there. Housing prices are going through the roof. I hear Huizhou is a very relaxed place. Is that true? That's it's a shithole, man. But yeah, it's all right. <laughs> okay. It's, it's, it's exploding though, man. I'll tell you what. I left, uh, I, I took a trip to Huizhou in 2017. And I was with my mother and my father-in-law. Uh, and uh, we were looking at a property, an investment property. And, no, pardon me, 2016. And uh, it, was, it was kind of a shithole. Like the whole place was under construction. Like you've seen places like this in China, right? Like mm-hmm. um, it's not like in the West where you see like, you could be walking down the street and, and, and see like, well, they're doing something to a building. Here's one crane. Um, you could be walking down the street in, in China and be like, what the shit? There's like a billion cranes and like everywhere is a construction site and it's like a whole city of construction. And that's what Huizhou was like. And when I went back in 2019, so I was in China in 2019 and, um, and I stayed there for a couple of months just uh, traveling and, and uh, tying up some loose ends. And... Um, I went back and there was like right next to a farm that um, uh, somebody in my wife's family uh, has invested into that we sometimes go to. Um, right next to a farm, they built like a water park and a flippin' hotel and uh, all this ridiculous stuff in the middle of nowhere. And, um, but man, it's jam packed full of people and middle of nowhere. And the guy that runs this farm is funny because he's an idiot. And, um, <laughs> He's never gonna watch this because his English is garbage. And, and he's an idiot and he says like, you know, he's holding out, he's holding out. He's already, he's already missed the wave, right? So now he's got this farm in the middle of nowhere, uh, surrounded by water parks, hotels, like weird stuff, you know? Just, that's just how China is, man. You can have a luxury garden and right downstairs there's utter despair. Uh, you know, people stripping copper from wires and, uh, you know, right next to each other. Well, maybe those Chinese college kids that do the subtitling for English TV shows, maybe they can do one for this show so that guy can watch what you said about him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, would, that would be great. Or uh, better yet, we could just we could run this show through Baidu Translate and just see what happens. <laughs> that's that's an idea. Cool. Yeah. Uh, now, you, you have a lot of deep ties to Shenzhen. Do you have any I do. insider knowledge you could share? Or I do. Interesting? Yeah. Um, I can't share too much. I've talked to um, I've talked to um, Serpenza. Uh, Ser- Wait, I was calling Serpenza. Serpenza. Yeah, Serpenza. Yeah, that guy and uh, Laowai eighty eight. Although I haven't spoken to him directly in a long time. Um, I spoke to him. Uh, yeah, I spoke to him a long time ago when I was on This Is China, and uh, I had this big database of, of China content, and. Um, uh, sorry, I, I, I got I forgot the question. I, I got sidetracked trying to remember Laowai eighty eights, and then I, re- and I got started thinking. About his, I got Let started me... thinking about his hairdo, and and now I forgot the question because I'm thinking about his hair. His he's got this big. He used to have this big haircut that went up like this, you know. 
Yeah, he's Sorry, got what was the that, question again, man? He's got that deep ties to Shenzhen. Early 2010s emo band look. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, deep ties to Shenzhen. Sorry, I'm back on yeah. track now. Those, those are my deep ties. Um, <laughs> no, so they they asked me about it, and I I said I couldn't. Um, I, there's something like listen, man. Straight up, there's something that I can't I can't say. There's some people I can't say I know um, because people are finicky over there, and um, like I get that. Secondly, I still have a house over there. I still you know I still invest in the markets over there. Um, uh, although not so much these days, I'm just kind of seeing how things go. But uh, I'm still very much connected to to China, and I really want to go back over there. So I don't want to start coming on here and start talking shit. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I know I know some people. I, I watched a lot of things be built. Um, uh, I know a lot of people, specifically in the construction industry, uh, the financial sector, the auditing industry, these sorts of things. Uh, especially, certainly the high tech industry. Um, and then uh, you, 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 you probably heard that, you know, some, some people at Tencent know me or I know some people at Tencent that work for Tencent. And that's that's true. I know a couple of people that work inside there. Uh, nothing big, nothing fancy, you know, just regular folk. Do you know um, anybody a, by the name of Pony? No, I well, I don't know. A lot of people might have that name, Nate. Um, you know how people name uh, how many apples do you know? Right. Yeah. Jeez. How, the names in China. I'll tell you. I'll tell you that. But. Um, no, I don't, you know, I don't want to get too much, I don't want to get too much into, into this, but I do want to, I do want to just dispel a rumor. Uh, there was a nasty rumor going around on WeChat that I was this untouchable person in China. And there is, there's a couple of people saying, oh, Wheels is untouchable. He's protected by, he's protected by, you know, uh, his Tencent connections. That's absolutely rubbish. Just because they own the app, it's, it's, it's absolute rubbish. Um, I have no uh no guardian angel inside china or uh i'm not i'm not untouchable that's couldn't be farther further from the case i mean hey look at jack ma right he's not untouchable ah he's fine man he's in he's in Nanshan right now do you know anything about what's going on with him because i mean right now a lot of people are saying I, he's he's been disappeared that's what people yeah are what's up with western newspapers are saying this guy's gone i guess he's not responding to emails well, I mean, does he even re- does he even respond to emails? Hey, when was the last time you got an email from a billionaire, right? I mean, come on. Um, <laughs> this is this is absolutely silly. Like, okay, Jack, you've been to China. You know who Jack Ma is. In 2017, 2018, two sessions. Who was behind Xi Jinping? He's got uh, Pony Ma on one side, Jack Ma on the other side, solidifying his position, saying, "Listen, I got tech in my pockets, right? On either shoulder. These are my guys." And um, that's very much true. Now, here's another thing I'll tell you. Um, you, you know about this Ant Group IPO that started as the world's biggest IPO. Mm-hmm. Did you? Did you follow this? This is big news, right? Like, I didn't start like it closely. I read yeah, a lot of headlines. Like I can say that. Yeah, they were, so they were going to be trading a huge amount of money, uh, like just just every day. Like these, pardon me, these ridiculous amounts of money every day. And uh, it was like a 30 billion, 30 dickety billion, the Kaiser stole our number, 30 dickety billion um, dollars in, uh, for the start of this IPO. And um, yeah, so you pocket a lot of money from that, right? So there's, there, there's, a, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people in the, in the finance industry that are kind of like, you know, wait a second, this guy, this guy got billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars and he just took it from, took it from his investors. 
So um, I don't know how much you know about crime. I really don't know a lot, but if from from movies that I've seen, whenever there's a crime syndicate, and one of the underlings runs runs a runs a scam or runs a crime, you've always got to pay your you always got to pay your dues, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, like, hey, listen, Jack. If Jack Ma's in trouble, he's not going anywhere until he until he squares up his accounts, right? So you, you can guarantee that. Um, but I don't think he is anywhere. I think he's in Nanshan right now. I think he's in Shenzhen, Nanshan, just just kicking back, um, you know, cool as a cucumber. And what better way than to uh, to fill uh, seeds of plant seeds of mistrust into people's heads than just to not go anywhere? The guy's a bloody billionaire. He could fly his helicopter somewhere, and nobody would ever see him. You know, and, uh, there was there was a on, on Russian reports, by the way. I, I got on Russian uh, on some some Russian channels, and Russians are really good for what's going on in China. And on some uh, Russian channels, they're saying he was at a funeral in, in, in Hong Kong. It's just kind of kind of a rumor, but uh, these these rumors from the Russians, man, I'll tell you what, they got their ears to the ground. They have very famous rumors. Those Russians. Yeah, you know, you know how I like my rumors, man. You know how, I, and, and you know, China's China's all talk, and there's and there's something that we call like industry chatter, right? So, yeah. Uh, and this this is the thing that like even banks use this bullshit term, industry chatter. And, and investors use this term industry. It's like an official thing, right? Industry chatter. Um, but it, it, it's what it is. There's inside circles, and uh, there's there's people who talk. And um, yeah, I would probably hear about it. If Jack, he's a big he's a big guy. I mean, I could I, I could I could ask somebody and get a, get a message back, and I haven't heard anything back. You were talking about Ant Financial. Can you explain what that is, real quick? Yeah, it was like it was basically like a bank, and they're going to loan money to people, and uh, they're going to become like a world bank, uh, but an online world bank, and um, so like you could go, you could go hop onto Ant Financial, I guess, and and uh, do something on your computer and uh, get yourself uh, get yourself a little bit of a loan and go spend that cash to go go fire up the economy, and. Um, I guess we're under the impression that this all happened without the Communist Party knowing about it, uh, which is which is pure rubbish. I mean, uh, you know, the Alibaba headquarters is in is in Shenzhen, Anshan, right? And you know, they have like three floors that are all party members. And I thought it was, well. I thought it was in Hangzhou. Oh wait, I don't know if it's the headquarters or not, but there's a big building in in Shenzhen. I don't know. It's a it's a huge Alibaba building. It's massive. Yeah, I mean, they have to be down there. So Shenzhen is like the Silicon Valley of China. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And it's actually, I think, I think it's fair to say that the Shenzhen is far surpassed Silicon Valley in, in, in America. What about Beijing, though? Because Beijing is also a tech center of China. Yeah, I know a lot of these tech guys go to Beijing, don't they? You know, they got things like Sohu. Well, it's the, it's the coders, right? Like, there's 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 two different there's two different industries in China when we talk about high tech, and mm-hmm. when we look at high tech, Guangdong province is a manufacturing province, and and, and previously it was uh, it was big on pottery and textiles and things like this, but now it's, the government pushed a huge incentive uh, in uh, 2012, I think it was the government had a huge incentive into clean industries, quote unquote, clean industries, right? So. Um, and and that that's, get, the government gave incentive um, for for all sorts of industries to kind of come into Guangdong province and, and open up. And previous to that, I mean, Foxconn was already in there, and Foxconn's like a city, man. Do you, they have like uh, you've probably heard about Foxconn. They had all the employees that committed suicide, and yeah, um, so yeah. they made the iPhone, correct? 
they make all they make every printed circuit board that you're going to use uh, probably here on Earth for your computers or your phones. Um, as far as I know, they're they're massive. And when you were working there, did you ever feel the need to jump out of a window? No, uh, I had a fantastic job when I was working. I had a, I have really great memories from Foxconn. I can understand it. Like you know, I can understand it. I used to I used to hang out with people uh, that work there. Of course, you know, here we are talking. I'm a pretty sociable guy. And we go grab a beer and I don't really drink. I don't really drink anymore. Not because I ever had any alcoholism problems. It's just, I just don't like it very much, but we would uh, go out and have a beer and stuff and uh, go drink. And of course, back in those days, if you were going to go out and have a beer, it's not the same as in the West. We would like literally go to a supermarket, uh, <laughs> buy some bottles of Qingdao and uh, go outside and sit in a, like a plastic picnic bench with like advertisements smeared all over it. Right. And, you know, stickers for like prostitutes and everything all over it. Um, you know, I didn't honestly, I didn't know that then because um, I, I went, I came right over to uh, China and I, I, went, I went right, right to work. And, um, uh, and I didn't know what any of these things were. I didn't learn any, I didn't learn any Chinese at first. And um, I just thought there's like, oh, there are phone numbers. Somebody stuck on here. But um, yeah, man, they're all whores. Everyone. <laughs> Uh, I guarantee never if I went back to that table, yeah. Crazy. They never match the picture, I'm sure. It's always like some Japanese porn star with some Chinese. Oh, yeah, it's, it's yeah. weird. They would shove them under your doors, too, a long time ago. That that hasn't happened to me. You, you know why? Um, I bought a house, and uh, we bought a we bought a seven-floor walk-up. And, uh, and every floor was a floor and a half. And we lived there for years, years and years and years. Actually, we still have that house and we're waiting for the government to, to reclaim the land and compensate us. Um, so uh, we had that one as a deterrent. Like who's gonna walk up that many stairs to go throw a, you know, no no prostitute in their right minds would be spending energy on that. <laughs> so this is an apartment building and the, your home is on the seventh floor. In, Shen, in, in Shenzhen, well, no, nobody, nobody stays there anymore. Yeah, and then there's no elevator. We're we're thinking about changing it into a rental property. So that's a pretty common thing in China where you live in a, like a six floor walk up. Usually if it's seven or more, they have an elevator, right? Isn't that like- Yeah, that's right. Actually, that building has put, they put in an elevator right now. They put in an elevator on the outside of it. So um, that's another thing that we were waiting for uh, because, um, um, oh shoot, I can't say why. Uh, They, the government, uh was going to change the health code and we knew if we held on a little bit longer they would put in an elevator and the value would increase so we held on a little bit longer okay so you mentioned something a bit earlier you're dispelling a rumor about wheels who the hell is wheels and what are you talking about i mean i know what you're talking about but people listening wheel yeah wheels Uh, wheels was um wheels was a persona um and um yeah it was it was an account i used on wechat and uh what it was was a it was a persona because everybody used a persona not a persona but nobody used their real name and their real photo because everybody was so paranoid there about the government all this sort of stuff so um i used to run a a chat group online and uh, the idea behind the chat group was to bring a lot of foreigners together and um just talk shit about China. When I say talk shit about China, a lot of it was venting about China or 
uh, or other things. We actually made a pretty cool community online, but it became it became really destructive because there's a lot of there's a lot of like degenerates that go to that go to China because maybe the Maybe they can't find a job in their own country, or they or they don't have any skills that could be quantified or, or or anything. So they just go to China because they just have to be white to get a job, and they just end up there, right? So we built this foreigner community. It was really cool. I, I still stay in contact with with a lot of the guys um, uh, on there, and uh, yeah, that's what it was. And it, Wheels was just a just a, just a character. I, I did I did a lot. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of like. How do you say? Nobody knows who Wheels is, and um, Wheels is Spartacus. And I, I spoke to you about this before. And it was a strategy I made uh, on online. I just, you know, if I just threw an army of this guy's is this guy's Wheels and that guy's Wheels and and this guy's also Wheels. He's using all these accounts, and um, it was the ultimate smokescreen to to fool people into thinking that um, where was I? What country was I in? What time zone was I in? Um, who was I? And and to question themselves: Is this guy wheels? Is that guy wheels? And to muddy the waters and plant seeds of mistrust. So it's that a- I, that took that took you know hiding from a persona one step further, and um, and kind of made it really elusive. Now inside that foreigner community that that we built, most of the people actually really knew me in real life, and we could go out and have a, have a beer, or go throw some darts or something, or or, or shoot some billiards or. And um, they all found out, you know, I was just a regular dude. So this this community, uh, a lot of these guys were in Shenzhen then. A lot of a lot of them were, but we I, we had guys all over. We had guys in Beijing. Uh, we had guys in Shanghai. Chengdu. Chengdu was a big one. Uh, a lot of people don't know. There was a lot of guys from Chengdu. Uh, there was guys in Singapore, um, Guangzhou, Chongqing, Guilin. You know, all over. Uh, so it, it became a, it became a vast network in inside China, and it wasn't just the foreigner group. We we actually had other groups and other communities um, that we would uh, that we sort of prop up as well. So by by the time I came over to, to Western social media, I was kind of an old hand at um, uh, forwarding around content, sort of sort of thing. Yeah, and I remember years ago, in I think it was somebody from your network of. WeChat identities. They invited me into mm. a group that was just like called like wild animals or nature. It was just people sharing videos of wild animals doing crazy stuff. Ban Fing Fing. <clears throat> yeah, it was it was him. Ban Fing Fing, BFF, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, you know what, man? I, uh, <clears throat> pardon me, COVID. I, um, I never got into, uh, I never understood what that group was. What is, what is that group? It, wasn't it just it like almost. weird? It was, I left it, it almost weird immediately. Animal? Yeah. So. I, I don't know. It was. Uh, it, I, I joined it. I, am I in that group? I don't know. I have. I have so many banned accounts now. <laughs> so you had hundreds of groups, and they covered topics kind of like that. Where there's one is this wild. Animals. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 We did. We had hundreds of groups. Yeah. Hundreds. I'm sorry. That the animal, I thought you were going to ask me a question about the animal group. I, I like went into this group, and I was like, "What the heck is this garbage?" And uh, yeah, there's hundreds of people in it at one time. <laughs> just BFF posting uh, animal. But um, yeah, so we, we'd all do these things and we'd have bots and uh, they would just provide content. And uh, the idea was, is we would, we would sort of um, provide these large content feeds 
uh, online and we would add about one to three percent um, subversion into them where we would have uh, pro-democratic ideas or anti-party ideas and uh, it would just be so subtle that nobody would notice and uh, it was and we operated for years doing that and uh, subtly introducing ideas and introducing people into our community as, as kind of like a feeler right so put the ideas out there see who agrees and then we can introduce them to communities and, and get like-minded people together so you feel safe talking about this right now on the internet? oh i mean like like from from what from the chinese government oh yeah 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 i mean like listen this is on WeChat, right? I could be talking. I could just be some guy just talking garbage, right? Somebody could have paid me, honestly. Somebody could have paid me to say this. Or maybe it's just disinformation, right? Um, hey, isn't Wheels famous for being the master of uh, disinformation? If, if I'm not mistaken, that's the one thing that everybody says about Wheels is he's the master of disinformation. This guy's Wheels, that guy's Wheels. Uh, everybody's Wheels. That's correct. I mean, so, even today, I was knows? looking at a, I was looking at a group chat, and I saw Ooh. the name Wheels pop up, and it was like, oh yeah, Eurasian, Eurasian Tiger is Wheels. Oh is yeah, ET. Yeah. 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 So who's Eurasian Tiger? Can you explain that character, that WeChat character? Uh, that uh, Eurasian Tiger is actually a real person. This is a real. This is a real dude, um, and to the best of my knowledge. Um, that is the, the actual, that is the real Eurasian tiger on WeChat to the best of my knowledge. That's him. That's the real deal. The real McCoy. There's been a lot of speculations. It's this person. It's that person. It's not, that's him. That's the real deal. Uh, you know, the writing style checks out the display picture checks out. It's gotta be right. You can't fake that sort of stuff. Um, so Eurasian tiger is, it's a, it's a funny thing. It's no, it's not funny. It's it's really scary. And this is like a this is a real thing. Sorry, I got this carpet. I got this throw carpet in here and this old chair. And I was supposed to have a new chair arrive, and it's not here yet because of COVID. Um, so Eurasian Tigers is funny, not funny thing. And it's called HAPA. And have you heard about the HAPA community? Yeah, why don't you explain what that is though? So, um, you know, my kids are half Chinese and uh, a good friend of mine introduced this, uh, this community to me. And I guess he was just trying to see if <laughs> there's a reason. There he is. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, this guy. So yeah, so anyways, he's angry at his white father because he thinks his white father's like a Nazi, I guess. This is the backstory. And his Asian mother is, has, has, has disgraced her Asian, her Asian heritage. And, she looks. Uh, this, she looks down is, on Asian people, right? Yeah, yeah. This is this, no, 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 no. Um, he attacks white male Asian female relationships and says they're inherently racist. And this seems to really bother white males. This argument. So yeah. he just goes around online, and this is what he argues online all the time. Um, for me personally, you know, like I, I, I have a, you know, I Eurasian Tiger. When Eurasian Tiger first came on. Um, I was a, I was a real big fan, but I'm not a big fan of Eurasian Tiger in chat. Now I I own a chat group with Eurasian Tiger in it. I know, and a lot of people say it's me, but um, uh, you know I, I think I, I'm not such a large fan of him in a chat group. I do like the reactions he gets from people. He does drive engagement, um, and that's an important thing. 
So uh, when you're looking at online communities, your engagement is really important for algorithms. And uh, Eurasian Tiger really does drive, drive the engagement. And um, and I've, I've had people in my in my chat group uh, ask me, it's like, what's up with this guy? Why won't you kick him out? Why won't you kick him out? And I was like, man, I'm going to mob this guy, uh, right? Like, let's get, give him his voice. Give him his voice. And um, I, I, I kind of like that. Bump. But his pictures are absolutely hilarious. Blue Steel. And um, this is a real dude. And all the stuff that this guy does it's a real creepy community i think this is and his profile pic right here yeah it's got a weird shaped face and um sorry man i was at i was at costco today and um you, do you ever go to costco uh i've been to costco i don't go often though okay yeah. I, I man i love costco and i was there today and i never do it and i was walking past there on the way out and i was walking past their like sort of restaurant thing there they sell these like garbage hot dogs and it smells so good i got one and now i'm like burping like crazy um <laughs> anyway so pardon me uh eurasian tiger so he this hapa community is super creepy and uh, they talk about some really creepy shit and it's it's legit racist stuff it's like anti-white hate and uh, now you said like at the beginning of this, you said like don't drop any n bombs or don't drop any like c bombs um, I don't even like to use the word "nong." Um, I'm not. I'm not a very racist person by any stretch of the imagination, and I think that's something that kind of happens online in WeChat. Yeah. Because Chinese people, uh, okay, they don't even have a word for racism in Chinese, right? This word does not exist in the language. There's no such concept in Chinese as racist, right? Like you are what you are, and that's what you are, right? That's how they think of it. And uh, that's just that's just what it is, right? So, if if you were um, if you were a black man applying for a job in the high tech industry, or if you were a white man applying for the job in the high tech industry, do you think you would have a better chance inside China in getting it if you were white or you're black? Now, I'm not going to make you answer that question, but if I was an employer, I would have an easier time integrating you with my staff members. Now, this is a fact. If you were white, and there would be a lot of stigma if you if you were black, people would think, "Whoa." You know, how come, boo, like, you know, you know, like, so what I just said, sorry, like, how come, boo, like, that's really, you know, so, so scary, or like, you know, you know, Fajal Ren Lila, oh, you'd be like, oh, you know, there's a black guy coming, there's an African coming. They would be legit scared because they don't, like, they legitimately do not know. They're, they're fed absolute bullshit and rumors from, from day one. However, I just, I want to touch on this for a second. There's a lot of riffraff that go to Guangzhou. Have you ever been to Guangzhou? Mm hmm. Yeah, so you probably know that there's there's there is there is a lot of riffraff that go to Guangzhou. It's um, Guangzhou is an ancient city. It's an ancient trading port. Um, you know, it's kind of like the um, well, I mean, it's it's the textile trading port. And like when I went, when I came to China, that's what everybody was getting rich off of selling mobile phones out of Guangzhou. Um, and they get a lot of Africans there, and there's nothing wrong with Africans. I have tons of African friends in, in, in China. Not, there's not so many here where I am right now, but you know, I guess if there was. Uh, anyways, so uh, lots of Af African friends over there. That's not what I mean. They literally are from the continent of Africa, and uh, like they're, they are passport holders of an African country. And um, there is a lot of crime. There's lots of visa overstays there because uh, people can make more money in um, Guangzhou than they can in Africa for some countries. And uh, it's pretty much easy to do. Like you just, all you have to do is just don't leave, and there's no cops. And if there are cops, you could you could you could probably uh, talk talk your way out of it if you knew how to talk the right talk, you know. So you mentioned the word "nong," and 
you don't yes, like yeah. this as a, as a pejorative. You don't like this word, but it's just a it's I just a word, word in Chinese. What does it mean? Nong is um, it's the uh, it's the racist. Uh, it's it's supposed to, it's used as a derogatory term towards Chinese people, and it's using uh, something that's uh, you've probably heard it in Shanghai, and I certainly heard it in Shenzhen. Now Shenzhen and Shanghai have two unique aspects to them. Uh, one is uh, they don't like outsiders, right? So the Shanghai people don't like people from the other side of China. And, and Shenzhen people, they consider, they don't want those, these people from the mainland China, they consider them farmers. And that's what Nongming means, is uh, farmer, Nongming. So like, I mean, they look at, like, they see this person, he could be very low class background and they could, they could be thinking like, ah, you know, like, this guy's like just a, a farmer or like, or, or dirt and inside the culture as well you might you might note that people in many western cultures will go to a beach when they go to kick back on a vacation right and want to get a little bit of color in their skin uh, that's just the opposite in in chinese culture that would denote that you are a farmer working outside and um uh you're of low class background right so that's what the the, the term nong um means is it means from a low class background or kind of like a hick or a yokel or a hillbilly or white trash equivalent peasant uh, peasant yeah peasant <laughs> or, or or yeah I, I suppose yeah um yeah, yeah i guess but it, it's it's used it's used in a way that's that like inside their culture is kind of like you know we wouldn't use peasant nowadays right like you wouldn't you, you wouldn't look at me and say this guy's a peasant um, but you could say like this guy's white trash based on based on what I'm doing. You know, I, I'm here talking about a Costco hot dog. You think this guy's white trash, right? We are wearing Costco a Costco hot. Uh, hey, this could maybe this is one of those clip-on ones that the cops wear. <laughs> Who knows, right? Master of disinformation. Um, but yeah, it's it's used in a negative way, and um, sometimes I'll use it with with my wife, and she'll ask me like a stupid question that's like common sense. I'll be like, no. Uh, like Tyson Noah, like this sort of thing, but it's also used as an adjective to describe something being of, now this is how I like to use it, but it's often confused so I don't use it, something of rustic nature. Now a lot of foreigners uh, these days don't really speak Chinese very well, and my Chinese pronunciation, by the way, is terrible. And I'm not going to come out here and, 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 you know, be swinging it. And like, I'm, I'm, I'm some sort of um, like, I've met people in China that speak legitimately perfect Chinese. I have an accent, but um, a lot of people don't know that learn the term rustic. And um, that's, that's even said for Chinese people. They don't learn the term rustic and the word nong or nongi is what the, the foreigners add a Y on the end of it to make an English adjective. Um, uh, is something that's of rustic nature or simplistic or there was a video uh, I uploaded to YouTube and it was a bunch of people on a dirt road and there had some really obnoxious techno music that was blaster speakers and there was a guy yeah. like strumming strumming a, uh, uh, like a, uh, a grass broom and uh, a guy on an electric scooter pretending to play the drums and some some like ai that like uh, auntie that that sells roasted water chestnuts like pretending there's everybody's all these farmers are kind of like they're literally farmers are, are sitting around in hawkers and farmers are pretending to go to get down with this with this tune and they're doing it on tiktok right and 
it's cool and it's happening. And and this lawyer friend of mine um, in the states and him and I were watching. We're just like, this is the essence. And he's fluent in Chinese. His Chinese. And um, him and I were just watching. This this captures the very essence of knowingness. And um, in a way, um, nobody will ever appreciate the beauty of that video as much as that that fine gentleman and myself. Uh, that that video is just an obscure video, but it really captures it. Maybe you know what? I'll upload that video to you, and you can you can probably attach it to this video or something on there. It's on TikTok. It's got the person's user number in there, so throw on some throw on some traffic. So that music, that type of music you hear in China. Now I like I, people used to call it Nong Techno. And I, yeah, I, yeah. I thought that wasn't a good enough one. So I call it Nong Beats. I think that encompasses nice. more. Yeah. So yeah, yeah this is no, just to like let, let people know how it sounds. So I'll just play a little bit. Mm. It's just got this distinct synth sound that you don't really hear anywhere else. It sounds like really dated electronic music and very simple beat patterns. Yeah. It's absolutely awful. When did you start hearing Nong Beats? Did, like when you first went to China, did you hear it or did day it one, emerge? Uh, day, day one, not in Hong Kong. Uh, Hong Kong is a different world. Uh, you, you've, I'm sure you've been to Hong Kong. But, yeah. uh, you know, Hong Kong, Hong Kong's really changed. We can, we can talk about that in, in a minute. I was, I was there in 2019 with, with a lot of good friends of mine. Most of my friends are from Hong Kong uh, or, you know, um, Hong Kong businessmen that live and work in Shenzhen. Um, so in Hong Kong, when I came there, yeah, no, nothing. There was no obnoxious music. The only thing I remember from Hong Kong is when, when I came off the plane as a, as a very young man, I was just hit with the wall of humid air. Uh, just like a sack of bricks, and I was wearing like Canadian corduroy pants and a hoodie, and and I was a, I was a really young man going to going to China. I was a very very young man. Um, and then when I came to Shenzhen, it was a different story. I mean, I got ripped off right away, and and um, there was techno music, the smell of uh, durians, where you know those like jackfruits. That's all I could smell everywhere. Were these because I came like during that season, right? So yeah, it was, it was it was it was real like it was it was so offensive to so many senses. Like my my first experience in China, um, like there, there was terrible smells. There was it was like terrible sights. Um, the people like I was I was so afraid when I first came to China. The people were so I'm like drooling here as I'm saying it. The 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 people were so scary and I didn't know what I was like. Now I know right. Like I could I could walk down the street there and be like, hey man, what up? But when I first came there, I was like legit scared. There's dudes with their shirt off, like just kind of their pants pulled up. Like, what the heck are they doing? Um, it was the most offensive uh, for all my senses. The techno, the smells, the sights, <laughs> the everything. It was terrible. I never yeah. got used to it. I hate it. I hate that music. And they blare it at pharmacies and, and uh, supermarkets, don't they? I like it in small doses. It kind of cheers me up. It's, yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't want to hear it if I'm like headed to work and I'm not in a good mood or something. But if I'm driving on a road trip, I might want to put on a Nong Beats jam. You know, just to feel good. You know, yeah. Because they usually take a maybe an acoustic song that kind of becomes popular in the internet amongst the countryside people, and then they That's become right, then yeah. they make this remix of it, a dance remix. That's also popular in the countryside, and you see these videos. You know, I'm sure they went through your group chat group chats a lot, but just all these people on a stage, blaring that music and just 
they're in this dusty countryside having this giant yeah i mean i love i love those videos those are the videos that i was like i would i'd be like yeah i can't i can't believe it they finally got another one guys 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 look and everybody would be like um yeah no man i i love it and there was that one song that i'm sure you know that um i don't know if you know that song but that's like always going around and um oh the one that uh what is it oh heavens me oh yeah that one yeah that's the big oh my god they they blast that one to death that's one of the most offensive ones xiaoping guo yeah i can't stand that one I like Nan Ren Joshirley. That's, nice. that's my favorite Nong Beats jam. It's it's men are just tired. It's such a ridiculous mm-hmm. song. It's just this guy like, man, we're so tired. Women are. We gotta take care of them. And <laughs> but meanwhile, men, Chinese men are the laziest buggers, aren't they? The women do all the work, don't they? No, like the whole country. The women are all, the women rule China. Chinese women rule China. I would say men have a lot of <laughs> obligations, but overall, I do, I don't yeah. really yeah, see them working that hard i would say no 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 there's there's a, there are there are a lot of obligations um that's one thing westerners don't get is uh the pressure in china is is immense yeah um and when i was in china i worked seven days a week uh like i remember 2016 was the first time i had a christmas and i was like Boo, christmas we're getting a tree we thought we were going to get a real tree in this german couple and um actually they're all German couples. Uh, they, all, all my friends turned out to be German at that time. And uh, we, we tried to find a real tree and have this like real traditional Christmas. We got a goose and stuff and it was really cool. But yeah, we couldn't find to, a real tree. Just to clarify my statement. Obviously, there's a lot of hardworking Chinese men. Look at Jack Ma, Pony Ma, all these people. He's not hardworking. I bet, you he's a, I bet you he's a lazy... Wait. He probably was wait, at one point. I probably can't... can't wait. Can I or cunt I say cunt? <laughs> you can say cunt. He's probably My, a lazy cunt, isn't he? Well, maybe now. I mean, I probably would be if I was. Yeah, like, right. I would just delegate everything. Just, but yeah. He's he's back. He's back there in Nanshan, just 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 kicking back, being lazy, eh? But he built it back in the. He built it, yeah. A long time ago, well, late '90s, right? Let's be fair. He built it with a lot of help, eh? There's a there's a story about you know the story about Jack Ma working you know in a little one bedroom apartment, you know, tucked up against his computer or working there. Uh, let's, let's be frank. If you're going to run a big company inside China, you need the parties backing to get you to help lift you up. Right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, she, he, he, he worked hard at, um, at, at pro- probably doing what he was doing, what he was supposed to do. And, and that's probably what got him where he was. Is, well, is where he is present continuous. This is China. All right. Um, I want to go back to the WeChat a little bit. Yeah. Because I, I feel like we didn't go deep enough into there. We still got Eurasian Tiger yes. up on the screen. He's he's. Yeah, we do. He's a handsome guy, isn't he? Yeah, I just love looking at him. What are mm. some of the other personas you created? There's Wheels. Um, maybe not Eurasian Tiger. He's just a guy that's on WeChat. But are there any other personas that you created on WeChat that got some kind of notoriety? Uh, yeah, I mean, I used to leave... Um, I used to leave uh, political comments um, under Jian Feng, um, and then I was Professor Li, who was a Beijing uh, university professor. Uh, basically, like I used to mess around in in foreigner groups, and I used to like directly translate Chinese and leave an English and leave an English reply. And it was funny because 
it was funny for foreigners, uh, for some foreigners, um, because they would see a man of high, like prestige or an intellectual that's like typing English, like an absolute fool. And, um, and the, but like, honestly, this is how a lot of people speak Chinese, like we Chinese people, you know, like, you know, we, 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 so many people start their sentences, woman, we Chinese people, right? Like, um, well, you gotta do like, it this so, way. Woman, yeah, yeah, woman, they, they, they get right into it. I, I've been out of China for a few years now and my, and I very rarely, very rarely speak, but. I, I, I can still read pretty good, but anyways, yeah, um, they get they get really into it. The the you know woman Zhongguo or like woman Zhongguo this woman Zhongguo that and you mean you mean you know you're you're America this or you're you're Canada this. Usually, usually you're America this, right? But yeah. So it, these were the foreigner community would get a little bit of a laugh out of those. Uh, however. Um, those accounts were like, if you were a foreigner, you really couldn't get into a lot of communities that were kind of closed gated communities, uh, Chinese communities. And, uh, therefore I needed an account that would, that would allow me to be a Chinese person in picture and in, um, presence. So of course I can read and write Chinese. So I would be able to, to type to them in, in, in Chinese. So be, you know, one of us. And um, on the odd occasion, I'd have to leave a voice message, and I'd be fine with that. Um, you know, so it'd be it'd be pretty easy to leave like a you know just, all you have to do is just sound like you don't speak Chinese well, and this guy's oh he's a Chinese guy, you know what I mean? Like nobody nobody speaks Chinese in China, so um, yeah, so you know they're all speaking these regional dialects. So how are they how are they to know anyways? You know, it seems to check out. He could throw together a couple words, it seems grammatically correct. You know, he can he can type it good enough, and picture checks out. And then from there, I, I, I kind of met a lot of people. Like I met people that worked in the steel industry and other other things and other industries. And uh, I met uh, people for investment groups and closed communities on, on WeChat that just basically did not allow foreigners in. So that that was that was the reasoning behind these 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 characters. Um, it wasn't just because you know this guy's got nothing better to do. Um, I actually have a keen interest in in China, uh, China's economy, Chinese economic growth. Um, and uh, I'm a China watcher, man. Like uh, I'm one of those guys that like watch China. I'm real keen on it. And uh, part of that was was not just being like a jungle tongue like in in China, but like actually like being one online as well, where I could be one more effectively and and not be and not be segregated because I'm not because I'm not Chinese. And I I I, I want to say this as well, mind you. Um, maybe some of my follow followers will be a little bit disappointed that I'm some regular guy or that I'm not Chinese, but, uh, dare I say, if they unfollow me now that they are racist. <laughs> Don't unfollow Dr. Harry Chud, even though he's a white guy. In yeah, Canada. because you're a fucking racist. <laughs> mm. So one thing I recall from a lot of those communities that you helped, uh, harvest, I guess, Mm -hmm. was this drama that would constantly be going on in the expat community. I remember there's this guy, I've never met this guy, but he, he's pretty famous on WeChat. He has a liquor liquor shop or something in Guangdong province. Do you know who I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 I met him um, before. Yeah, that's, the, that's the, the, the quote unquote the mayor of Liquor Town, right? Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, no, I've, I, 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 yeah, he's a, I mean, he's a nice guy. He's a bit of a weirdo. But um, I, had bought, I had bought alcohol from him 
before we are we are having a, we are having a party and um uh not like a big party it's like kind of like we were looking for some bottles of wine or something like that and and he'd been he'd been asking me for an endorsement online for a really long time so um uh i said yeah like i'll i'll, I'll buy your stuff and um i'll try it out and if I like it, I'll tell people it's good. And, 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 and that's what I did. I, I told people it was actually pretty decent. Uh, I didn't have any problems with it. But meanwhile, there was these, there was these other people who, who uh, I guess, really disliked him, um, you know, that were, I guess, trying to uh, tarnish it. Is he still around on WeChat? Yeah, I, every now and then I, see, I still see some drama <laughs> about him. I, I don't know what's going really? on ever with this mayor of Liquor Town, but he always seems to be in trouble. Uh... Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, nah. He's harmless. He's just a guy. He's, he's a nice enough fella, I guess. Um, I haven't spoken to him in years. No, but it's funny. Like, so my wife's uh, my wife's name uh, starts with the letter E, and my name starts with the letter J. And it was a joint account between us. So we took the name E J, and that was our liquor count account uh, town account. Uh, my assistant made this made this account for me, mind you. Uh, yeah. I gave her, she has my, she had my personal information and credit card information, not credit card, but you know, like you're, she had access to my, my, uh, WeChat pay and Alipay, right? Like as, yeah. as my assistant. So she had made this account and procured it and she had spoken to him. And, um, I guess like there's some dude on WeChat who's a real great friend of mine. Um, uh, uh, his name is EJ. And um, I guess he had pieced together that I was EJ. He and uh, this EJ guy, I guess, was was having some heated argument with this mayor guy. Um, you know, is he, so you said he's still around. Yeah, and that EJ guy. And he's, Wait, so EJ, yeah, I know, I know EJ. I know, I know, I know EJ. Yeah, I, I, I speak to him every once in a while. Yeah, because I yeah, he's a good guy. on WeChat, that guy every now and then will say I'm part of CC Gay. That's, that's Wait, the who, only thing. Who, EJ or, EJ. or the mayor? Which one? <laughs> EJ. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, there was there was there was a community on on uh, online that was called CCJ, and that was the original form of community. And then there was the Great Divide, where the community split up into two different parts, and um, and then there was uh, the like the the reemergence of CCJ on onto WeChat. And then um, I gave it to uh, some other dude. I forget who it was. I just he was he was everybody hated him too. Everybody hated this guy online, and um, I just gave him the group. I was just like, boom, give it to this guy. And, um, and I was just kind of done with it. Yeah, there was a, there was always a lot of drama on there, and I think there was I think it, it probably attributes to people not having uh, not being grounded enough in their life, or or um, maybe they can't vent like outside or they can't vent at work so they go on the vent online and this is like a japanese thing so maybe that's the that's the sort of theory behind it. i don't know um most of these guys i'll tell you this most of these guys that um have these online rivalries now i don't know what's going on with the mayor i haven't spoken to him in years and last time i spoke to him we were on really good terms so um i played along i played along with him for a little bit and it gives he, he enjoys it but most of these guys I have that I have bad blood with that say they have blood. I'm actually really good friends with. We we speak often. Um, I, I wouldn't buy too much of the hype. I think there's. I think a lot of people like inflating this idea of wheels more than more than actual wheels is an is an actual thing. You know, it's it's it, 
it's like North Korea. You always have to have a perpetual enemy and uh, that gets you by with just how shitty life is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because a lot of people in China, like, let, let's be frank, a lot of people in China are not doing as great as they portray that, they're, that they are doing. Life is expensive in China. And, um, and, uh, and not only that, but a, the vast majority of those guys were from these online communities. They were... Um, Sorry, can you hear me now? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Sorry, this message is an old message. Sorry, it popped up. Um, these guys, um, a lot of them are doing teaching, and a lot of them have had to move to online teaching because that was the that was the shift of the industry. Um, and uh, it's just it's just hard to get by, man. Uh, I think a lot of these guys are even in like uh, places like they've moved to places like Vietnam or or Cambodia to chase the lower cost of living and, and still work online. Um, you know, for for me, I I I I, could, I don't think I could ever work online. I didn't even have Zoom. I had to install Zoom just to just to do this um, meet with you, right? Yeah. So so uh, I was trying sorry, to I ahead. was trying to find a picture of just to give some context to this, but I can't Ooh. seem to find it. There used to be this like top ten list of uh, most wanted WeChat accounts or something. I oh, can't yeah, find I think, it right I was, now. I, but. I was the number one, wasn't I? Yeah, or, or Wheels was the number one. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, think I was the I was I was ranked the number one. It was funny too because I never really I never really got too into it. I was ranked the number one troll in China for like four or five years, and um, I didn't even really like uh, like trolling very much. It was just kind of I was associated with it. Everybody thought I was these accounts that I wasn't. But uh, meanwhile, we were just all trying to find, uh, we were all trying to scramble and scrounge for these obscured videos that would be banned from the Chinese internet. So uh, we were just trying to share all this media around and and I don't know how I got the, well, I, I used to leave political comments. I mean, you've probably read some of the comments that I've written, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So some of them could be, some of them could be kind of radical. Um, some of them could kind of be like, you know, I'm just taking a Chinese idea and just and just flipping it around like a harmless Chinese idea. Sounds terrible. Sounds so awful in English. Um, and uh, always blaming somebody else. Uh, always blaming some. So just assuming the role of the Chinese. Chinese <laughs> so Dr. Harry Chun, Ph.D. Yes, yeah. he kind of talks like this, right? Um, no, I don't. I like. I don't do Chinglish anymore. I've done a few Chinglish. Um, I had one. Oh man, uh, I had one that had seven hundred and something thousand views, and um, it's just like on the on the, my, my PhD parody account. I don't. Uh, somebody advised me to open up this account and name it parody, and that really undermined me. So it undermined my uh, my ability to broadcast. People see any post. Pardon me that I would make and they would immediately assume it's bullshit. This guy's got the name, name parody in his name. So I, I, uh, I like, I just got rid of that account. It's still available. Like the account's still around. And, and then I moved over to Harry Chen PhD one. And, um, that was still because the name Harry P Harry Chen PhD had a little bit of, uh, inertia, however small. And, um, I had to kind of build that up and, um, I wanted to step away from the name Harry Chen, um, cause, it's weird, man. Okay, so if I don't post for like two days, you know what happens? People start texting me like, "Yo, are you are you captured by the Chinese government?" It's crazy. Yeah, I've seen some big China watcher types 
take your account seriously. Like, seriously. Like, I think, was that General Spalding guy? Do you know who I'm talking about? Well, what is it? The, like, the PhD. So, a lot of, most of my tweets are really serious. So, but not on PhD parody. Um, I don't, I don't mess around on any other, my, any of my other accounts. I still, on Harry Chen PhD one, I started, I started giving my own, my own thoughts on matters. And, um, I started using that as my opinions and that got my account censored. So, um, I no longer offer my, my views on subjects. Uh, and, uh, Harry Chen, the, the parody PhD one that I'm doing, I'm just kind of posting like memes on there every once in a while. Or, uh, if I come across a funny, like a funny Chinese video, I'll, I'll post it on there. Um, but typically speaking, I won't do Chinglish, like some, something, something that works in China on, on the Chinese internet is not going to work in the West on the Western internet. Um, there's the, the market there is closed and the market here is open and vast. So, um, it just, you, you have to kind of, uh, broadcast and, and I'm really learning a lot of things about, um, Western social. This is not my job, right? Like this is not what I do for a living. This is just me posting stuff because I, I, I intercept a lot of messages just inherently from my background of just trafficking information in, inside the walled country. So it's just, I intercept a message and, and honestly, man, a lot of this stuff too, like I'll post some stuff on there. Um, and let's see here. So, uh, some of these things like I'll, I'll, I'll post and, uh, they could be like, uh, I, there's an explosion that, that happened. Um, yes, yeah, so you know, in China, there's always fires and explosions and all sorts of crazy stuff happening. Cause it's just, there's, it's wickedly mismanaged and unprofessional, um, in a, in a lot of regards, not the government, the private sector. Um, and, um, you know, so some of these things will be pretty big and, and, and people will see and be like, yo, wow, this is, this is a big one. And, um, and then I'll take another one. Well, I'll, I'll be like, well, okay, well, we'll shoot. If I start digging around for explosions, I, mean, I guarantee I'm going to find some more because people say they're happening all over these explosions. So let's see, I'll find out if they are happening all over and I'll find some more and I'll, I'll post them. And that one will, will get almost no, no traffic. So I don't really know what I'm doing. I don't know what's hot. Um, I don't know what's not. It's just kind of like, um, something I see and, or I intercept and not I intercept or some, a lot of the times people just send it to me be like, Hey, straight up, man, can you, you know, you have a little bit of influence. Would you mind tweeting this? And, um, of course I'll have to vet it. So I'll have to send it, I'll have to send it to people and, and ask some people. Um, so kind of do that. And then if it sort of checks out, then I'll make it to Twitter. And if it doesn't check out, then it might make it to my parody if I want to have a little bit of a laugh with it. Um, but I, 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 I got to be really careful because you can you can really offend people online here, and I don't I don't want to be offensive in in any way, and I just kind of want to be sort of um, I'm, you know, sort of sort of honest in a, in a way as honest as I can be, you know. Yeah, the whole thing about the Chinglish, like if your audience is foreigners in WeChat groups. You could do some subtle Chinglish stuff that, you know, can be pretty yeah. funny for people who yeah. get it. <clears throat> people who've, like, interacted yeah. with people speaking Chinglish all the time. But if you're in Twitter, people people just think it's racist or something. They don't really that's, get that's the subtlety it. of it. It, it, it. it kind of is. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly <laughs> fluent in Chinese. So, um, for me, you know, I can, kind of, I can kind of have a little bit of a laugh at it and, and just kind of, you know, just blow up. It's, it's just a direct translation. 
But yeah. um, you know, so for me, that's kind of how I hear it. But yeah, it can it can come across really come across really rough around the edges. Um, yeah. So you know, it, when I make those posts, when I when I do a post with with Chinglish on it, um, I'm kind of doing that for like I don't I'm never expecting these posts to really take off. Like if you look at the vast majority of my posts, my engagement's actually very 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 low. Um, I really don't know what I'm doing, but um, yeah. So. Some of these Chinglish posts, I'm actually just kind of doing this for a small circle of friends, just, you know, the kind of into it. Back in the old days, we used to make these sorts of posts. Have a look. And another one I do that a lot of people don't know I do is um, I do HP Lovecraft quotes uh, oh, yeah. for when Chinese Chinese people are doing uh, line dancing, which my wife and all I call Chinese flash mobs. I, I don't know if flash mobs is still a thing. I kind of left in the 2000s and, and culture kind of stopped for me. But you know those like people that do like the line dancing exercises. Yeah. Um, I always do H.P. Uh, Lovecraft quotes uh, for the uh, dancing, and uh, you know like things like the most unspeakable horrors that uh, sometimes fall within man's grisp, uh, grasp. So um, I like to do those ones for them because they're really just not that video, and people usually just reply in the comments and they're just dancing, man. What you know? What's the matter? I was trying to pull one of these up, but loading a little slow, so. Yeah, we need mm. to focus on that. So back to CCJ for a second. So China Circle yeah. Jerk, this is a community. I've talked about it a couple times on this show. In a yeah, couple of yeah, episodes, yeah. So briefly. Now, China Circle Jerk was this community. It started on Reddit, right? That's correct. Uh, yeah. Well, um, originally it started on 4chan as a hidden group, as the story goes. Oh. And then and then it moved over to, um, to Reddit and to the Redditors community. And that became uh, CCJ. And then um, I think it, it uh, there's a bit of a there's a bit of a falling out like the mod uh, there was there was a mod transfer issue and it's kind of a long boring story <laughs> and uh, yeah so you know some infighting in the foreigner community and it kind of crumbled apart and then um, uh, some guys built it back up again and uh, I don't know if it's still a thing now I mean I walked away from it years ago and uh, I've ne- I've never really looked back I. Um, I still have my private account, my my private account on on, on WeChat, and um, of course that's where I have all my business associates. And I've I've recently joined. Um, you've seen me. I've recently joined back to This Is China, uh, which is on group number twenty four now. So <laughs> yeah. So this this is a, a WeChat group that I really like. It's called TIC. Yeah. This is China, and it gets yeah. banned every several weeks or so, like every month that's or something. Right. So then every time there's a new one, it's like number nine and then number 10 and then number 11. Yeah. So you always see, like, it's always clear, oh, this group's been banned a lot. Yeah. And I, I, um, I used to work as a, not work, but I kind of, I, I kind of contributed as an associate mod for, for that group when it first started. And, um, yeah, that's probably, that's probably like that group right there is probably the, um, Although it's it's a little bit more dead now, I think people are apprehensive about posting. But that group used to be the the, the best place for content in in anywhere anywhere. Yeah, it really, it took over CCJ as it was like the new CCJ essentially, at least from my point of view. It was. I mean, like that that was that was. I mean, well, that was that was what the idea kind of was, right? So um, was tra- to transition over, rebrand, and um, and then and do that. And it, it, to some extent, it was kind of successful, but. It's really hard to build something up if, like, if you're not really like dedicated. I'm not really dedicated to WeChat. In fact, my my last year on WeChat, 
I spent trying to convince foreigners to get off WeChat. And um, I kept on saying, I don't know if you were available during that. People were, people were saying, what's up this guy's ass? Like, you know, trying to, they, they thought I was trying to undermine their groups or may, maybe they, I don't know if that's actually true or not. But I, I assume that people thought I was trying to undermine their groups or whatever, but really I, I, was, I was trying to, um, uh, people should worry about their privacy uh, in, in China. WeChat is a, a excessively malicious app. Um, I won't even have it. I won't even have it on my phone. You can, you can see my phone there. Mm. It says Big Wang, Big Wang. <laughs> nice. So yeah, yeah I remember you, you created uh, <laughs> you, you created the Telegram group. Yeah. So I remember it got posted right. to TI, TICR, and it's like, hey, check out this group. And I definitely joined because I was worried about WeChat at that time, and I was yeah, I'd been in WeChat yeah. jail already a couple times, and I didn't think my WeChat would be around much longer. So I'm like, oh, I'm definitely going to Telegram. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I went to Telegram. I went to a few apps. I went to a few different apps uh, outside of WeChat. And the idea was I was going to find an app uh, for foreigners. And then I was going to present with them with this app and then find a way to virtualize it onto like the, the WeChat servers and stuff like that. So I opened up a QQ cloud and then I made it so anybody could, a- anybody could access it anonymously. And then um, I had uh, shadow sockets on there so people could um, not have to use VPNs. A lot of foreigners are using VPNs in China. Guys, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> um, so I tried, tried virtualizing that to foreigners as well and, and, and teach them how to, how to do this stuff. And um, really just kind of be a little bit of a, a bit more of a ghost for the, you know, for the, for the Guaylaos in, in China, you know? And um, it didn't really take off uh, people didn't people didn't join when I sourced telegram it really looked like it had a lot of a solid potential it's never really taken off for me on uh, uh, my telegram channels never really taken off my Chelly on chat has never really taken off in fact um a good friend of mine was just saying you got like a lot of really suspicious counts in your telegram chat and I haven't really I haven't really like uh, I'm in the chat but I'm just kind of just just talking, just chit-chatting here and there, or just chit-chatting about China. It's not very active at all, really. Um, do you, do you want to no, invite people right Sorry, now? Well. Do you want to invite people, uh, anybody listening, to join? Oh, uh, it's, a, it's a completely open chat. Uh, I mean, like, there's there's absolutely no uh, no restrictions on, on, on people joining. Um, however, if they post something really creepy, I'll totally kick them out, right? Like, that's... And there's this Hunter Hunter Biden stuff. Can you say Hunter Biden? Will you get banned if I say Hunter Biden? Hunter I'm Biden cool with it. Just nothing too crazy. Don't incite violence. Okay. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. So I promised you a ban. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, so uh, Hunter Biden. People are posting these things. These uh, these uh, Biden um, things inside my chat, and I had to tell people. I, I wasn't going to delete it, but I had to tell people like, listen, you should delete that. I don't want that in my. I don't want that in my history. Uh, not my not my history on, on my phone, uh, a, a virtual history. I don't want that file on my phone because uh, when I see something, it transfers to my hard drive, right? Like I don't want yeah. that. Well, yeah, because there's and, this um, this kind of dissident Chinese site that was posting all that stuff. What was it called? Like GDN or I can't remember the name, but uh, yeah, they were posting was, a lot of My, my old, Miles Guo was uh, was posting that. Yeah, it's was his it? people. It? Yeah, it's yeah. it's he's I think he's the money behind it. But yeah, other people yeah, are running it. Yeah, it's uh, some of some of, yeah, maybe maybe some some maybe some people have been watching them. Some some of them tried contacting me, and uh, I sent him a message back. And if you're watching this, like, it, why would you text me back? What's going on? Anyways, um, I'm not a huge Miles Gore fan until Miles Gore starts sending pictures. 
boy, that guy can work the camera. Have you seen him do his things? No. I used to, oh man, he doesn't, I used to, I always joke in, in the Telegram group. I'm sure he's a really nice guy. I've never met him. I'm sure he's a fantastic guy. I would love to meet him. Um, but so I always talk about in my Telegram group that uh, being his assistant must be absolute murder because he, he gets like a new outfit or something. He's on his yacht and he does like these fashion poses with his, with his new clothes on and stuff. It's hilarious. Yeah, Absolutely stupid. hilarious. I used to post this all the time. Um, I used to post Miles Wall pictures and uh, just him just just posing. I used to I used to I used to get a great kick out of it. There he is. I didn't mean to play that. No, that's all right. The, the, the story is uh, that he is a um, a uh, an exiled businessman. So the story is an exiled businessman that's um, that's uh, in hiding hiding in America. Oh, and there's a, him with uh, here's ben, a Q yeah? account. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there are. Not yeah, banned from Twitter yet. Mm-hmm. Ah, there he is. Yeah, he won't be banned though. He's pretty smart. I mean, he'll never, he'll never be banned. Yeah, him and Steve Bannon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he distanced himself from from Steve Bannon for for a little while. When, when Steve is Steve Bannon still under investigation? Or? Probably. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I you know what, man? I don't guy, really. He's, gonna... he's not a guy I really yeah. trust that much. You know. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't I don't use these guys as China experts. Um, in, in like I'm sure there's a lot of people that do. Um, my father-in-law really likes Miles Gould. Um, he's a real big Miles Gould fan. So um, I doubt Miles is going to watch this because I'm I'm just I'm, I'm real I'm a real small guy. But if any of his people are, um, my father-in-law is a huge fan. So. When he was here, when he was stuck here, at my, I'm, I'm, I'm a house right now, by the way. Um, when my father-in-law was stuck here during COVID and couldn't fly back to Shenzhen, um, we would be watching Miles go and I would be there. I'm not, I'm not such a personal big fan. I'd be there suffering it at home with, with Miles go um, on my TV. Um, he's, he's a good showman and like he always leaves people hanging. Um, but uh, how I feel and my personal opinion is he is absolute China expert and an expert in the interworkings of the party pre Xi Jinping. Um, I don't I don't think he's necessarily an expert post Xi Jinping. I think China's really changed under Xi Jinping's uh, administration. And uh, you can no longer say, uh, I mean, in my opinion, uh, uh, without doubt, you can no longer say that the Chinese government is not politically savvy, because in my opinion, they're really working um, foreign governments and uh, foreign economies like uh, like it's nobody's business and it's almost like you know I'm a, I'm, I'm a Canadian so here I am in Canada I'm in the lovely city of Ottawa right I'm, I'm really close to Parliament actually at my house and um, you know I get really triggered by the Canadian politicians and uh, the Canadian government and by the American government and by the British government I'm just thinking like why aren't you guys doing your homework like they did like they got to the place that they were from watching and studying your governments. Why aren't you watching and studying their governments and studying their moves? Why are you reacting instead of anticipating? Do you know what I mean? Like this, yeah. this is my big problem with, uh, with Western governments. Anyways, yeah, Miles Guam. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan, but I don't think he's the expert that he claims to be. But I would love to. I would love to be even just have a correspondence with him. Would be wicked cool. So Miles Guam, he's a rich guy. He's he's a dissident. Yeah. What what, what is what yeah, is Miles Guam? Oh, he's fuck off. He's fuck off rich, right? Like he is super rich. 
Um, I think he funds, um, I don't know if this is true or not, but if I had to, if I had to guess, he probably funds, uh, some media organizations and, um, him and Steve Bannon use the same microphone, fun fact. So, um, I reckon that he probably funds some, some, some people to do their, to do their job. And, um, it seems like he's kind of running a... I don't want to say a media war, but he's kind of running some sort of um, awareness campaign to the uh, evils of the uh, Chinese government. But I don't, I don't know, like I don't, I don't really follow him very strictly. He's got a, some sort of flag behind him. I think he um, when he broadcasts. Do, do you follow any of his stuff? Or? Well, I guess he's fighting the info war like Alex Jones, huh? Yeah, so he's got a flag behind him, and it's got these uh, star blue stars on it. it. Looks very European Union to me, and not very, not very Chinese. So, so he's made this like uh, new Chinese Republic thing, right? Yeah, something like that. I, mean, I just, I just can't get behind that, man. I just, um, not that I get behind communism because I'm, I'm, I'm not really into communism. Oh, look at the picture! What he's got, he's got a cat on his. Isn't that? Is that a cat oh, on his cute. lap? It's a little dog. Oh little, my little gosh! Pomeranian. You see what I'm talking about? Yeah. You see what I'm talking about? Oh, what a dandy like, this guy! Yeah, Steve, man, like, listen. <laughs> for all your money, for all your money and 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 wealth, I think he's surrounded himself with sycophants, and he's getting nothing but yeses and yeses and yeses. Do I look good in this white suit with this dog? And the answer is yes, and always will be yes. Oh my God, my daughter would laugh at me if I did that. Dude, um, we did an ad campaign for the, you know, the the big boss at Wanda, back in the day, before, yeah. before Wanda got in trouble. So he did a yeah. big Chinese New Year, like uh, those festivals or parties they do for Chinese New Year for a company. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah, get yeah. all the employees together at a huge banquet hall, and they, they everybody performs mm. on a stage. So he did like a Cui Jian song, like an old Chinese rock song. So he yeah. gave us yeah. a ton of money to promote that video on YouTube all around the world, like to do like a world tour for this dude. <laughs> and like, it was like the first day we're going to promote in East Asia, we're hitting Japan and then we're going to hit Australia. Then we're going to North America so then just, in Europe. And just pay, everybody's going to see pay, 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 pay. Oh, it was, it was a lot. It was a stupid amount of money to promote oh, a guy that nobody knows about very rich man in China, but it, outside of China, nobody knows who this guy is. And he's singing a, and a Chinese, a Chinese rock song that nobody knows. Mm -hmm. So it was the biggest waste There's of money I've ever seen. Hey man, do you like Chinese rock music? I like some of the old stuff. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, some of the some of the '90s, '80s, and '90s stuff. Like Cui Jian, I like. Yeah. I like uh, Tong Chao, Tong Dynasty. Mm -hmm. Like some of the the bands in China that were influenced by hair metal in America. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah, enjoy yeah, yeah. some of that stuff. Yeah. It's a, it's a wild music. It's it's a really funny music scene because it's it's, it's so tightly regulated that it's yeah. uh, it's really funny how it and uh, and China produces. Like, I can hear like if if I'm listening on the radio, I can hear like when somebody has been produced in China because uh, they're so overproduced and they bring elements from so many different Western songs. I'm, I'm not a big fan of Chinese music, but I like um, that song that One Night in Beijing. I like Cantonese. Oh yeah, stuff. One Night in Beijing is a classic. That's a, yeah, yeah, that's a KTV classic. It is, man. It's, it's wicked awesome. Yeah. So that's a great song. It's about, it's just a really epic song about having a night in Beijing. And it's. Yep. Yeah. That's just it. Yeah. Classic. So for anybody who doesn't know, KTV is karaoke. And in China, can you explain what karaoke is like in China? 
Yeah, I mean, I don't have a, I don't have a proper experience of it. Um, uh, Twenty when, years in to, China and no proper KTV experience. I never had the foreigner KTV experience. I've only been there for like singing and and other stuff. Um, you know, at like business meetings and stuff, if you go to KTV for a business meeting, people can use that to entrap you and extort you, right? Like, so they get you to do something bad together with them and then, then they have dirt on you, right? So it's in your best interest to keep your keep yourself as clean as possible when you're inside China, uh, especially with these sorts of things. It's, it really is, I mean, the, the, honestly, the Chinese are famous for it. They wrote the book on it. So um, anyways, my experience at KTV has only been singing and, uh, and having these sorts of things. And it's mostly been a company you know, like, like a, a company outing, right? Like we all, like our, our assistants would be there to work. So it's not like we're doing that sort of party because we've got to work the next day with these guys. Yeah. It would be weird. Um, but I've, I, I've known people online uh, talk about this sort of stuff. And it, it, KTV can have two coins. It's a coin with two sides. It can be uh, ultra seedy um, or it can just be a good time with your friends. And the ultra CD side is pretty gross. In fact, I, I think I posted a video on my Telegram channel today of um, a bar that was all men, and now rich women are going to select men. Oh, Yadza, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ducks. Yeah, that's the yeah. That's the the Chinese translation would be ducks. Yeah. So chicken is a female prostitute, and a duck is a male prostitute. Yeah, that that whole and, trend started in Japan with like the host. Did it? Have you ever seen that guy, like the king of host, in Japan? This dude, wow! He's like the most charming. Well, yeah, he looks like a chick here, but he's like the king of host yeah, in yeah, Japan. He he's like the most charming dude. So women pay to just spend time with him, like an escort. Hmm. But I don't even think he has sex with them. <laughs> Look at this guy. Yeah, he's good. Oh, jeez. Well, what a time to be alive, Nate. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but no, KTV. Uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. I, I'm a ter I'm a terrible singer, and. Um, so I don't really do KTV. Uh, my wife has got a, a set of pipes on her. And and actually, like a lot of people don't know, um, I've been together with my, my wife since uh, one year after uh, arriving in China when I, when I went to university. So we've been together since then. And that is oof, a long time now. I think we're, we're 17, 18 years uh, together now. We've been married for 11 years. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so a lot, long time. So um, uh, I'm like one of these guys, like I, I really love my wife. Um, when, you know, when we go to KTD, I'm either going with like staff members or I'm going with her. So it's not like one of these, uh, I, I wouldn't even be interested in that sort of thing. Like I actually kind of find that to be a bit seedy and gross really. And I've yeah. heard some really gross stories, honestly, from from, from guys and, and knowing that, you know, there's a lot of mis how do you say this how do you say this properly a lot of people aren't educated about hygiene is that can you say is that the best way to say that do you know what i'm talking about yeah uh, yeah well, i don't know exactly what you're talking about but i mean yeah i mean like you know that guy on wechat midnight on 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 on, on, on ticker he's got these he's got these adjectives to describe it and i guess he's like very flamboyant about this and and or not flamboyant but doesn't i guess doesn't hide it or whatever so um, he always talk about like the strong, strong smells. I always, always, I was always um, make this joke uh, about like, you know, why would you shower in winter when you don't even sweat? 
Um, so like this, this is a thing that some people do in the cells, you know, like really they, they think, oh, it's not hot. So why would I shower? And, and meanwhile, they'd have this, like this, these disgusting body odors from them. And I heard so many, so many stories about like disgusting body odors and on prostitutes. And I just, that really made, that really grosses me out on, a whole, on so many levels. Yeah, that sounds so funny. many levels. So I just never, I've never been, the horror story scared me away. And, um, I'm, you know, and another thing, man, I'm from a really small town in Canada, like a really small town. I don't even think we had a prostitute in the entire city <laughs> where I was growing up. In China, so, uh, know, well, I'll just explain a bit, a bit about KTV, because KTV is just karaoke, but in some contexts it could be a private room, and you go with a bunch of guys, and then they send a bunch of girls in, and you pick, there's like a lineup, and you pick a girl you want to spend time with. In most contexts, it's like that. Well, I would say in Shanghai, I mean, not, not so much. No, 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 not not in the cities. No, 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 you, yeah. not not in the major cities. Not in not in Shenzhen or Beijing or mm -hmm. or Shanghai or or other cities. So China's entered a whole bunch of new cities onto their first tier list, right? Mm -hmm. So the first uh, any new first tier city will have to abide by first tier city rules. So that's going to be all pushed out. Um, and even like there was a there was a town Dongguan, which is famous for its. Uh, prostitution. It's funny because everybody says that Wheels is in Dongguan, Wheels in Dongguan. I've never even been to the city. I've, I've I've driven past it one time on the way to Huizhou, but I've never been. Apparently, they don't even do that in Dongguan anymore, and it was famous for that. But yeah. what they do is they push these industries out to the uh, countryside. And uh, so these, these industries are still very much up and running, and they still, like, they're still the vast majority of the KTVs inside the country are these CD ones, right? Yeah. And they have them in cities as well, but they're probably responsible for a lot of the human trafficking in, inside the country, right? I, I would I would reckon because if you if you uh, know a little bit about the industry, like I think that a lot of the girls have like a branding on them, which is like mm. a tattoo, and they usually have it in a place that's that's openly visual, so like on their hand or like on their neck or something like that. So the idea is, it's like they're you know once a slave, always a slave sort of thing. So you'll never you'll never be able to hide it. Um, and you could say if somebody's been bought and sold several times, they could have they could have several tattoos all over their body as they're bought and sold between different houses. It's really seedy. It's really That's awful. I'm I actually I'm really happy that it's out of the cities, and uh, I haven't seen anything like that in Shenzhen in at least ten years. Yeah, and Dongguan, I think it was 2012, 2013 when that happened, the big crackdown. Something like that, yeah. I don't know, they, they really cracked down. I remember I remember uh, foreigners were venting about it online. Yeah, because I, I met they took a bunch our, of... They took our whores! <laughs> I met a bunch of older guys in China who worked in yeah. manufacturing. <laughs> yeah, totally. Manufacturing, like, back when you went over there, early 2000s, mid-2000s. Yeah, hey, I am an older guy. Yeah, well, guys that are older than you, though. And yeah, they would tell me all these crazy stories about how they were, they'd work on projects, manufacturing projects yep. with a bunch of Taiwanese guys. And those Taiwanese mm -hmm. guys would come over, they'd get their products made in, in Dongguan or whatever, and they'd go out to KTV. Right, yeah. And they would do this really crazy, disgusting stuff. Like they would get a girl, lay, like make her lay down on a table, and they would burn her pubic hair with a lighter and like laugh That's about weird. it. weird. Yeah, so it's weird. so strange. Like why and just cruel as well. It's just But these uh these things, yeah, they happen they happen all over all over China. Um on, honestly, they thank God they're not in the big cities. The cities are really safe, um really clean and uh really low crime. I mean, let, let's face it. Um I could walk down Shenzhen in the middle of the night and uh be perfectly safe 
and never in my wildest dreams would I ever feel that I'm in danger at any time. Um, Better some yet, North your, American your cities, wife could. I don't think I could. Pardon me? Better yet, your wife could walk down the street late at night and have no problem. I don't know, man. There's there's a lot of rapes that happen in Shenzhen. Like, it doesn't get reported in the news, but these things happen. And there's, like, there's like straight-up, like, serial killers going around Shenzhen, too. Like, it doesn't make it to the news. But, like, um, I remember just a few years back, like, right before we left, um, there was these there was these guys that were going around onto electric bicycles. This is the reason why they got rid of the electric bicycles, mind you. Like, and they, the electric bicycle taxi drivers, you remember those guys? Inside story. So, yeah, so what, what happened was they would get onto the bike with the guy in the back, and then they would inject him with something to knock him out, and then they would ride the bike with this, this limp guy in, in the front of him. Then they would take him, they'd harvest all his organs. Oh my and God. then they chop, yeah, they chop him up into pieces, him or her, chop him up into pieces and they put them in the Shenzhen Bay and it was washing up and I lived right on Shenzhen Bay and it would be washing up on the on the shores I mean I never saw but it would be what we would had to do on Weibo was we had to write these messages backwards we had to like encode our, our characters like this character here that character there and then have like a number code on top of it so we could piece our sentences back together and um that's that's how we were we were sharing our messages on Weibo um so we could beat the censors we could beat the algorithm this is years ago mind you and um and that's how we found out about this one was just one of these 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 sort of coded messages and we read about it and it's got pictures and shit and we found out about it and it was true and it was happening all over they found some fall guy for a homeless guy and he had these mangled hands um and uh, obviously not surgical but uh yeah they're there it was it was straight up a doctor working with him like it's um it's a real thing and this isn't this isn't a first tier city this isn't shenzhen yeah um it, so like i would be safe there because there would be a lot of suspicion if a foreigner went missing. Now, foreigners have gone missing in Shenzhen more often than, than, than I'd like to admit. But it's not as often as, say, uh, Chinese women or, uh, in this case, like Chinese electric bicycle taxi drivers. So what's the story with the foreigners that disappeared? Oh, I don't know. Um, one one dude was, uh, I guess, uh, as as I heard, one guy was sleeping with another guy's wife, and he was a Canadian guy, and we we tried contacting him, and never nobody ever heard from him again. And um, the other guy was like a rumored American dude, and uh, kind of a similar story. Um, but uh, hey, man, don't shit where you eat, right? So yeah, you know, you, you got to remember too, like China, China can be pretty lawless. Um, and uh, or it could be pretty lawful if you know the right people and you want to exact the right revenge, right? So I wouldn't do anything like that in China. And you can find yourself really outnumbered uh, or really segregated really fast if you do the wrong thing. Yeah, crime in China is more organized, you could say, right? It is. Yeah, it's yeah, it's organized, disorganized, isn't it? Like car thieves are really bad at their job, right? Like it's like a lot of the, a lot of the thieves over in china it's just like come on guys take your take your job have a little bit of pride right like um they're doing these like low low level scams but then again there's like really professional pickpockets or um you know that these guys like they attach like a razor blade on their thumb and they'll like zip it across your pocket and take your cards out and stuff like just unbelievably professional uh but then again the vast majority of them are, are, are really shabby and and, and poor at the job what do you think is the craziest thing you experienced over there? Oh, yeah, I've been there for a long time, and I've been in the countryside. Um, 
I want to say like dead bodies, seeing seeing dead bodies, but that's probably not the craziest. Um, <laughs> the I think I think the craziest was seeing like a person poop um, at a construction site, and uh, I remember I was driving by in a taxi, and I looked down at the ditch, and there was a young lady just squatting there in a ditch, just just taking a poop like it was nobody bus- nobody's business. So really, was, like Shenzhen's a busy city. So that was more shocking and, than the dead body. Uh, yeah, but because of what happened next, uh, I looked away in disgust, but as I was looking away in disgust, out of my taxi window, I caught the eye of a foreigner, like a, like a, a redhead foreigner. And I was like pointing, I was like, look, 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 look. And he looked and he was disgusted as well. He was like, oh, and that, that really made my day. And that was one of the craziest things that happened. Like what a situation happened. And it was kind of like um, that stand by me moment when the guy Lardass is eating the pies and he starts throwing up and he's kind of like a chain reaction to throw up. Like we were both like equally disgusted by this, by the scene, but yeah, nobody else really seemed to mind. I don't know, man, like it's, it's hard to say what was the most weirdest thing or craziest thing China's chaotic. It's crazy. Like crazy shit happens all the time, man. Like all the time. Um, so you know, so it's, you know those split pants the little kids wear. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to pull up a picture because it, it'd probably be child. No, yeah, please don't. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to do that. But it's basically these pants that are split, so their their genitals and in, in behind are exposed, so the they can go removed. to the bathroom. Yeah. So instead of having a diaper, you you can just walk around, pop a squat, go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So kids in China tend to potty train faster than American kids because of that. Yeah, yeah. That's what I hear. Yeah. So one time I was yeah. on a, I was on a K train once, and I was it was in Jiangxi Province. I think it was like going from Zhejiang to Nanchang, and, mm-hmm. and K train is like the really old, crappy, slow train. And I was yep. in the hard yep. seat, which is yeah, the old, crappy seat section with all the gnomes you could say all the gnomes I, I, I think I know where the story is going I think I've had a similar experience go on well there was a kid who was laying down wearing the split pants and then there was this auntie or grandma and she starts like tickling him and then she starts spitting on her fingers and playing with his penis oh yeah I've seen that before yeah and, and yeah. she was like laughing and like it was like this playful cute thing she was doing but I was yeah. so disgusted and freaked out I think yeah, that was I maybe know. one of the weirdest I know. one of the weirdest things I've seen yeah that's that's. I thought I thought your story was going to be that they, they peed on the ground and every time the train stopped the pee crouched closer well, to would, you every time that would be too predictable I think yeah yeah it's <laughs> impending doom um yeah. that's happened to me yeah I, I've seen I've seen fun I've seen some really inappropriate stuff uh in in China but this happens on Chinese internet doesn't it? where people will post, post these like extremely inappropriate uh videos right like extremely yeah. inappropriate yeah like somebody like like a, something pinching a kid's penis or something just really gross exactly. stuff I'm like get this in, off my in, phone in fact, delete this stuff talk TikTok, when it when they were trying to do their rollout into India, uh, actually had problems with this, didn't they? Because they, they didn't meet, they didn't conform to the to the uh, uh, India's internet standard of, of like their their sensor standard, right? So they had to prevent TikTok from coming in. It was considered like that that pedo app, and then um, then they they I guess limited it, and then they that was called Operation Blue Sky in China, by the way, and then. Um, they limited the. They vastly limited the the amount of content that you could post on TikTok. Actually, Operation Blue Sky affected us in um, uh, this Lantian Blue Sky. Not to be confused with the Americans, um, was uh, to have peaceful to have a peaceful cloud, right? 
that was the idea, blue sky. And um, yeah, they, they took a whole bunch of inappropriate content off of uh, WeChat, uh, Weibo, and uh, TikTok, which is uh, Douyin, right? So, um, sorry, mm -hmm. I was testing my no, soundboard. Uh, hey, I gotta ask you a question. How many yeah. foreign countries have you lived in? Was is it just China? I've only I, I've only lived in China. Um, yeah, no, I've only lived in China. I've tra I've traveled to a lot of countries. Um, my wife and I enjoy travel, um, but uh, with COVID right now, we really can't. When, when, when we do when we do travel again. We'll be going to Taiwan, and I'll be flying my uh, my some of my family members from the mainland over to come meet us in Taiwan, as opposed to meeting us in the mainland. Last time I was stopped at the border, and I was questioned, and uh, they had to borrow my phone. I keep uh, I keep a China phone and uh, and uh, a Western phone, so you know my China phone. Everything was fine, but um, you know it, it gets a little bit nerve wracking every time I cross the border. Um, not because of what I do online, um, in any, in any events, it's just because of the nature of of things. You know, like I've. I got a lot of crosses on this border. You know what I mean? They start asking why are you crossing the border so much. You know what I mean? Yeah. They want to get more information. They want to get more biometrics, and they want to incorporate me more into the system in China. I'm just not prepared to just go down that road just yet. All right. So you lived in one foreign country, mm -hmm. and that means you get one Mister Worldwide. So you're pretty nice. low on the totem pole, I gotta say. No, I'm 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 very low, but that's but that's twenty that's twenty years invested, right? So almost twenty years invested. It would be it would be like it'd almost be like what did you do in your teenage years if you're living around all these other countries, right? Yeah. So one Mister Worldwide, that's one foreign country, but yeah, I I gotta give you more credit because twenty years in China, that's more than most, and that's a long what, time. Yeah. What's that like time. though? Like being married, being so invested in a foreign place. Do you feel? kind of torn between two places what's that like yeah i am i'm very torn um i don't really fit in here in canada um as a result like my ideas my thinking is now considered to be old-fashioned uh i left early 2000s so that's when kind of like when media really stopped for me when music really stopped for me when i stopped caring about what was really happening inside the west and i, I directed my attention to to china because that's where i was and that's where i was working and this this was it was an up and cumber and i really convinced myself if i worked hard i could do something so when, um, you, when you came back to Canada, were you like listening to Limp Biscuit or something? No, 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 no. I, I just, I, I kind of stopped listening to music. Um, and I didn't know how to use the internet. You know, like I didn't, I, I didn't know how to use these apps. I didn't know how to use cashless payment here. I didn't, I like, I was looking for QR codes for everything. <laughs> um, I, I like, it was, it was really difficult. It was really difficult integrating. And we traveled a lot when we were in China, but we all, everywhere we went, every country I went to, I can use my WeChat pay. And I still use my WeChat pay here in Canada, Mike. This is a, this is a big, this is a big thing. And, and I don't understand why, um, um, this, this is a thing in the American news, by the way. I don't understand why, uh, why the Americans are still allowing private citizens to use WeChat pay. I mean, it's the, it's the biggest, it's the biggest scam going in the States right now or in, in Western countries. Well, I can't use it in this in, outside of China because I my passport is registered on my WeChat banking. Same for Alipay, I can use it for right, China. But but once I leave China, it's like only Chinese citizen can use this outside of China. But you could use no, it. No, you you can like you can link a credit card to it, right? You can link a foreign credit card to oh. uh, to WeChat, and you could yeah. That was an update that they put in a few years ago. But I mean, why would you want to? Why would you want to spend? 
American dollars and 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 bring it into the into the Chinese economy, that would be crazy. But what they do is uh, is just kind of that. So like if I if I run a market, so say I run a market, I can buy some goods, and um, I can buy these goods, and then I can have these goods sold for for money that never even makes it into Canada. So somebody can come in, they can sell these goods to them on WeChat. And then there's a WeChat transaction, no Canadian transaction. That money goes right to the, a bank account in the People's Republic of China. And um, that's from a, a person inside Canada that's um, just living in Canada, uh, floating above the Canadian economy. So they don't even have to earn Canadian dollars uh, or, or American dollars or any other dollars to live in that country. They can live in that country indefinitely using Chinese dollars and their own community will support them up. Now the Chinese government definitely 100% Props these businesses up so they can it can support their own people. It's in their best interest to do so, right? This is not this is not a secret by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, when I moved to the states, I was trying to get my RMB out of China, in a legit way, of course, not nothing illegal. But I, I yeah, was tur- somebody yeah. turned me onto this website where you could you get on there, and you say I want to turn this much RMB into dollars, and then it connects you with a Chinese person. Yeah. And then you send them on WeChat, and then they send you on Zelle or another, like, U.S. money yeah, transfer right, yeah. tool. And I don't know if that's legal or not, so I don't want to say well, if I did it or not. But <laughs> you know. Yeah, well, what we did was um, we did was something a little bit different. We, we did a tranche, which is like three payments over, but um, we sold our house, and, 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 and we're getting ready to move all our equity over, or the majority of our, our, of our liquid uh, assets over. We were... We went to a company like a money changer, and then uh, we had a deal with uh, another company where um, we would uh, lend them money, and uh, they have a company over here in in Canada as well. And then our money lending would have a time stipulation sort of thing, and then we would we would get paid back here, and there would be a money changer involved. It's all legal, right? Like, we, we follow the legal process, but that's the legal process to bring your money on the side. We had to pay a lot. There's You have to pay taxes on both ends. Um, so we had to pay a lot to do it, but that's that's how you do it, really. The, and the other one is, is Chinese citizens are allowed 50,000 US dollars to take out every year, right? Um, but you can apply for extra, right? So if you have, like, two kids, you can say, oh, it's really expensive in the States. I need 100,000 American dollars every year. No problem. You can bring that over to, uh, to China, but, uh, over to America. But typically speaking, people are using a lot of WeChat to do their daily transactions, and it really undermines the North American economy by doing so. Damn. So I mean, I had a, I had a difficult time transitioning, but I didn't have a difficult time using my WeChat Pay while I was here inside Canada. This is, this is a big thing. I don't know why the American government is not pushing back hard enough on this aspect. Like they're really getting screwed over by it. Our Congress is useless. But uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't really want to talk about my American yeah American no. beliefs not really the point of this show um, yeah no i get you back to expat talk so we've actually been talking for two hours i should i should let you go really soon yeah man yeah no, that's that's cool yeah i i'm 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 a, I'm a chatterbox so i get on the i get on these side topics and i just got so much to no say. i'm i'm loving it and i want to ask you if, if you do have time can you tell me about so you, you you talked about the lady shitting that was like the weirdest thing you experienced maybe or one of them how about the weirdest, the weirdest thing that came to mind yeah well how about the weirdest expat you've met over there oh gosh the weirdest expat well a lot of people talk about this carl guy uh (laughs) he's not the weirdest um he's he's a bit weird but he's not the weirdest oh gosh the weirdest expat uh i ever met was a guy named andy i'm not gonna say his surname um 
I don't talk to him anymore. He was a British guy and he looked like a vampire and he had really white skin and black bags under his eyes. And he came into the office every morning at eight, drinking a two liter bottle of Coke and uh, talking about World of Warcraft. And um, one year at Halloween, he came dressed up in full LARP gear before LARPing was even a thing. I swear to God, this guy was like Dwight from The Office and uh, but a lot more creepy and weird and white skinned. And uh, he was the weirdest guy, the best stories. Uh, he was always dialed up to 11 and uh, he had like a real funny way to look at things. And it's just the coolest guy to work with. Really weird, really zany. And I just love to work with him. Cool. So Carl, we t I talked about Not him Carl. episode four. A lot of people so, oh, did yeah, you, have, you had Carl on your show? No, I want to. So I did get a response from him, not directly, but we talked about yeah. him on episode four and showed some yeah. video of him. And he's famous mm -hmm. for, you know, saying, well, I'll pull up the soundboard just to give you a yeah, taste. Yeah. But You're a he's always saying stuff like that and like yeah. waving his right. giant flaccid penis around. So we showed some That's Carl right. content before he gets... And he responded by saying something similar to what he usually says. I don't. I can't say yeah. it because there's some f slurs and yeah, there. sure. But uh, yeah, so Carl's pretty famous, and there, there's a lot of these characters on WeChat that get this notoriety. You know, I think Carl's up north. Well, that's, I never that's kind met of his thing, isn't it? Yeah, that's kind of his thing. That's a weird thing. Yeah, let, I'll let him have it. <laughs> All right. Well, do you have any advice for you know expats who are looking to? maybe invest a lot of their life in China, get married to a Chinese do, woman, buy property. I do, do you have any advice, advice for expats that are interested in going to China. Don't, don't go to China. <laughs> um, China is not the country for you right now. It's just not for you. If you, if you think it is, you need to think it over. Um, listen, if you want, if you want any advice, you, you come reach out to me on the uh, underground silk railroad communicate DM me. I'll tell you exactly why, but listen, you cannot take your money out of that country. It's going to be very difficult to take your money out of that country. Um, you will not get a fair working contract. Your landlord will rip you off. You will put your, you'll propel yourself backwards in life. The days of the Wild West, that, that ship has sailed out of China. It is no longer what it is. It's not the cash cow. It doesn't have the potential. Uh, you do not have enough money to buy into their economy anymore. Look at Taiwan. It's up and coming, right? Uh, India is an up and coming country. Japan is lit. That is a great place to go to. Korea is a fantastic country. There are a lot of great countries inside Asia. It doesn't have to be China. And let me ask you this. If you're interested in going to China, are you interested in using or, or giving your good efforts, your the best years of your life, or your contribution to society. Do you really want to contribute it to a communist society? Is that what you want to do in life? Because um, China today is not China of yesteryear. When I go back to China, pardon me, I go back as a tourist, right? That's fine. It's a beautiful country. There's lots of cool stuff. But if you're going there to live, think it over, right? Just think it over. Uh, your governments are giving you warnings for a very good reason. Okay, cool. And yeah, I but hey, but well, let me say this. If you're going to go out to travel, it's an awesome country to go travel to. There's some beautiful cities. There's great people, delicious food. It's just not the country for you to travel and, sorry, to live in. Taiwan has all of that same stuff. Yeah. And then, yeah, China has some great mountains, like very special it landscapes does, man. that you don't like see Wei, anywhere Wei Lin, else. Yangshuo, yeah. beautiful. I mean, they have the paintings about those. They're, they're absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Well, uh, I think we can we can uh, end the show, but how about you All plug right. some of your 
channels or activities or share any last thoughts? Um, I mean, yeah, you guys can catch me on the uh, Underground Silk Railroad Communique, the uh, USR Communique. Uh, that's at Underground Silk. I didn't want that. I didn't want that tag. That's when they gave me nonetheless. Mm. Um, I'm also on Telegram. Uh, that's uh, t.me slash is Chinar. C H I N A with a with an R on the end of it. And that's a spinoff on the uh, from the WeChat group title. And um, that's about it. I mean, otherwise. You could DM me if you want to. If you want to get in contact with me, I reply all my DMs. Um, I try to reply comments uh, here and there. But um, if you really want to talk to me, hop on a Telegram. I'm, I'm on there all the time. Cool. All right. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. See you next time. <laughs>